search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome, BBCs, to episode number 100 of the number one solo queue improvement podcast, The Broken by concept episode 100 curtis what a journey we're yes. here we have arrived and this is actually on my channel this is last time we had a broken by concept episode posted on my channel yeah this was, was like, yeah the first four episodes what, was it first four yeah first four first four episodes so here we are well how long it was like two years ago how long is it how long have we actually been doing the this the is it's been about i'd say 18 months because 24 months would be in october it's crazy how long we've been doing this for we've been pretty consistent just i mean we, i think we've missed like what a handful of weeks where probably like, three weeks or so <clears throat> where like one of us is either sick i think yeah. we had covid one of the i had covid in one of them you're um, the one that gets sick all the time but it's crazy it's crazy we've got so many cameras here different angles and stuff so it's the middle one, right? Looking at the middle one. So I should also say as well, <laughs> welcome to the Champion Mastery Studio. So obviously audio listeners are not going to be, you know, they're not going to be able to see it. But I mean, you've got it. If you're listening on Spotify, yeah. or Apple Podcasts, you're going to be getting to open up the YouTube video now or after, you know, let's say yeah. we don't want to open up whilst you're driving in the car. Let's say if you're, you're, um, you're I saw driving. someone was biking. Huh? Someone, someone, someone bikes and listens. I saw someone in the chat biking. <laughs> Someone's biking. <laughs> I love it. So make sure, you know, you're still staying on track. So let's do a bit of a tour here because right, this right. is the law. There's a this lot of stuff law. here. And we're going to get, we're actually going to um, get a P.O. box. That's who so I've got to for, add stuff to if this. If someone collection. wants to send stuff like their drawings or things that they think would suit our Champ Mastery studio here, then feel free. So we're going to probably get that organized over the next week or two, hopefully. And we'll let you know uh, in one of our next episodes. But Nathan, where do we start here? All right, so this is the law. Like, you know, if you guys have been watching 100 best episodes, you know, you, yeah. would, you would recognize a lot of the things that we talk about here. So we'll start off here. This is uh, Tom Brady in uh, these Patriots, you know, the uh, greatest NFL football of all time. We've Why Tom about Brady? So we, we've spoken about him a few times, right? So I guess what Tom Brady means to us with the podcast is talking about, uh, obviously, you know, let's say you and I, we're, you know, we're 20, 20, turning 27. We're a little bit boomers in the league legend space obviously compared to tom brady's like 45 or whatever yep. you know talking about process uh how age actually especially we always say it's like tom brady is you know in the one of the most competitive sports in the world and he's still at the top of his game you know winning super bowls what was it two years ago you know so he's in the playoffs last it's year it's sort of like i think that's more of a narrative that curtis and i will latch on to because we're like you know we're trying to compete at the top of the challenger ladder in solo queue you know it's like Tom Brady is a huge inspiration for me personally. And no, and he has a lot of haters, right? All these people say he's washed up, right. year in, year out, like get out of the league, gets uh, kicked from to the my Patriots. Solo queue. Well, basically, gets kicked from the Patriots, joins the Buccaneers, wins the Super Bowl Super with the Buccaneers. Away. Like for for us, Tom Brady represents. You know, it's like there's the people always say it's all new young talent. You know, you got to be new young talented, and then Tom Brady's like, no, nah, I'm process oriented. Just because I'm old, I can make up for that in other in other ways, and he understands his strengths. Um, so yeah, Tom Brady, shout out Tom Brady. Tom and Brady. then I guess we have the opposite end. Uh, we have Red Bull. Oh yep, Curtis this is obviously. a uh, we got a uh, Max Verstappen Red Bull Formula uh, One car. Formula One car, obviously. Well, the interesting thing, you know, Max Verstappen in some aspects is a contrast to Tom Brady, right? Because you know, Max Verstappen is so young. He's the new up-and-coming driver, winning championships and stuff. But, you know, what I like about Max Verstappen is that he's not what you think he is. Like, you would think, oh, he's that young, talented, talented kid. But, yes, there's obviously an element of talent. But if you actually get into his history, 
His dad was an F1 driver. He was grilled from a young age, right? Like you would think that, oh, he was just born like that. No, his dad grilled him, trained from a young age. His dad was on his ass every single day, training in the rain from a very, very young age. So for me, what Max Verstappen represents is kind of that new age of, you know, uh, process from a very, very young age. And now people on the surface think that it's talent and they may, they might be in somewhere in there, but it's also a, a shit ton of work ethic, process, years dedication, years. years of sacrifice to get him where he is now. You know, you can't just look at that on the surface. <clears throat> so yeah, I think it's it's an interesting contrast to Tom Brady. It's just whether or not he will get to that age. You know, how at what age will he stop? So um, yeah, shout out Max Verstappen. And also <laughs> we have, uh, talking about, we use lots of Formula One analogies in our coaching yeah. philosophy as well. For sure. Uh, then we've got here, this is a, a cap from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this is about Bill Walsh. Uh, this is actually, I think this is from the, the 80s, Yeah, 90s. we tried to get one that was from that period of time. Period of time. So Bill Walsh was the coach of the 49, uh, 49ers um, during that time. And we Nathan and I got really inspired by Bill Walsh as a coach uh, back in Diwell's days when we were doing the Diwell's thing. Just with his taking absolute maximum responsibility for every aspect of the organization. If his approach was, I'm going to know everyone in the organization from the receptionists right through to the groundskeepers and having like a process and a way to improve at every single aspect. And he turned around the worst sporting franchise in American history to in winning Super two Bowls years, right? in like yeah, two years or something. So for us... Uh, tying back to BBC, taking maximum responsibility, no matter how terrible your situation is, understanding what you're working with, getting into the details, and then making the best of a of a rough situation. Mm. The other thing, I love the story <clears throat> with Bill Walsh about the groundskeeper. They were known for having the best, highest quality ground once Bill Walsh came in and really got into the details with uh, just every level of the organization. Yeah. And um, yes, that's really good. We have uh, Bruce Lee. Like Flow like water, adapt like water. Just the embracing the chaotic nature of Soloki. We say all the time, guys, and and Bruce Lee just embodies that. He was a master. He he didn't have a style. He 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 used his body and adapted and and learnt all he different styles and and made his own sort of style. So really important for Bruce Lee there. And then we have a a DVD. It looks like there's a pretty old Juro Dreams of Sushi. Uh, this is this is champ mastery, guys. This is if, if you think you're good at something, watch this. Giorgio Mastrici. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. No, um, you might have to buy it somewhere. Um, you. This is 70, 80 years of, of, of champ mastery, guys. He's a sushi chef. It's a documentary. Documentary. Of the, one of the greatest sushi chefs of all time. Yep. And Nathan, how do we? Who stumbled across it? I think this was from. It was a podcast. I remember it was Remit Sethi. Mentioned uh, how he thought he was a world-class marketer and he said, no, watch this. And it just inspires right. you to take yeah. it to the next level. Yeah. And I think it's important as well. You know, we have lots of new people that come onto the, to, you know, into the community and say, you know, they've been playing league for two years and stuff. It, it really puts your perspective, respecting the craft mm. of League of Legends. And that's what he does with, with sushi. It's like, you could think it's like, oh, sushi, like I can make sushi or, but this guy like perfect, like perfection, detail oriented. Guys, it's like it's, it's actually. I think it's probably the best documentary. I think, and I think you know, one thing I really want to, you know, tying all this together, right? <clears throat> you know, Nathan and I, uh, we're always looking for inspiration and trying to level up our game. And when, like, 
Max Verstappen, F1, that just came out, that was the last out of nowhere, six right? Six months or so. And all of these things we've just built on over time. And we're looking for things that we resonate with in the real world so that we can you know, connect with you guys in a different way rather than just talking about league, league, league on the Rift. There's many examples of all the same principles and concepts and th the things that we talk about in the real world. Um, and we're just going to hopefully build up over time. And there's many others. We got th have we still got things coming? Curtis, we can't... John Wooden, really? How can we forget oh, about John Wooden? Okay, we've got John Wooden as well. The greatest coach of all time. So, That's the Pyramid of Success. Yeah, it's called the Pyramid of Success. Um, very popular, famous coach. He was a coach at uh, UCLA, right? Uh, college basketball, NCAA. Um, They're the most successful team, right? Won 10 years in a row, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Longest and, win streak. And, and what I love about his story was that he was a... I think he didn't win until like... How many years? Like 40 years of coaching or something? He was like, I think it was 40 years old when he actually won. He'd be coaching for 40 years until he actually won a championship or something? Yeah, it wasn't, he was 40 years old. Oh, he so was 40 years old. Years sorry, old. right. Yeah. And he was, for, for us, the first, like one of the first people we stumbled across that was so goddamn process-oriented, got into the details and tried to make sense of all the, the, the moving pieces around him. And, um, and the Pyramid of Success basically is this like this beautiful graphic that talks about all the fundamentals, essentially. These are the fundamentals of what makes a great basketball player. And he goes through, and feel free to Google it, um, Pyramid of Success. It's really, really interesting. Um, and he has a beautiful quote. I, sh I probably should read out the quote, right? Go ahead, Curtis. His definition of success. So, success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. And that's what we, we talk about by have a crack. Right, as long as you go out there and you have a crack, you try your best with intensity. Then, if you win or lose, who gives a shit? You know, mm. that's the that's the mantra, right? So that was really started with with John Wooden uh, back in twenty. That was like twenty seventeen, I would say, when we stumbled across John Wooden. That was when we really started getting into the coach. Well, you specifically, the yeah. coaching. Yeah. The I love the stories from the players, and and they talk about for John Wooden. He just he. I don't think they ever heard him use the word win winning once literally not once for like you know the 50 years or whatever he was coaching yep. never use that word you know we talk about you know making sure you're not focusing on, on the, the wins. wins and losses for solo it's the wins are just a byproduct of being good at the game and your decision making <clears throat> and your practice and the hours and work you put in yeah so that's the law so far that's it so far we uh we'll have some things you guys can give us in your in the comments what you guys think about in terms of what else we should add uh, this is just what we've got so far. And again, yeah. as Curtis said, we might get a PO box and maybe have, I think, I think I read in your MLA Curtis about, um, having, uh, people's faces like, like let's say Patrick or something. That like would Patrick. be cool. Yeah. Like, all the <laughs> what if we get, yeah, get like cut out to people like who are Isn't like it? the hardcore BBC yeah. people enthusiasts who like, you know, subscribe to that, that, that mantra, you know, it could be like a, a, a collage or something or yeah. like a poster or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. That would be funny. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll get some ideas going. All right. So next, Curtis, you know, since we're at episode 100, let's do some reflections. <clears throat> uh, reflecting back on, uh, you know, the last, you know, 99 episodes. Let's talk about... Well, first things first. We need to preface this by saying, Nathan, when, when we first did this podcast a year and a half ago, it was shocking. Right? We had no idea what the hell we're doing. Like our mentality heading in was something along the lines of, let's just send it, right? Like, let's just put it out there. It's going to be shit. No one's going to watch it. No one's, it, we're going to get hate for it. But over time, we'll probably try and we'll figure out what works for us. And the identity our, of the podcast. Yeah, what our identity is. And I think that 
over time we've started to realize what this podcast really is about and i think you articulated it really nice off camera before do you want to kind of repeat that how this is like a podcast for the people yeah and this is why i think that we're we're doing episode 100 as the mailbag you know getting what listen to the community what you guys want because at the end of the day mm. we are what i view myself as on this podcast is we're servants to the league of legends community yeah. you know we talk about all the same things you know we're talking about having a healthy relationship with the game you know battling your addiction with the game being process orientated build making sure you know we're keeping you guys in check you know i love the a really big thing that popped off you know for the podcast i'm mean, sort of getting into it already about you know the reddit the bronze reddit thing you know talking about um how lower elo players think about the game and your our response to it and <clears throat> talking about the fundamentals um so yeah i think that really sums it up for me it's, it's not about yeah sure we're spewing stuff out you know we talk shit sometimes on this podcast yeah. and our experiences but we really are purely about, especially with our coaching programs, it's about the results of our clients. That's it. If we don't get results, pack it in. Done. End of review. Well, and I think also, Nathan, it's important to note that we've changed our mind on many things. Absolutely. <clears throat> like what we say even here today on episode 100, it could be completely different in 25 episodes, right? Like the game changes so much that... We're, we're learning ourselves. We're not. We're, like, That's the key thing. Just because we're challenger players, we're learning. Or even all the because time. we've been these role coaches for a few years. I've, I've coached yeah. for the last how many, many years? Six years or whatever. I'm learning every day. And I think it's important that we don't hold on to our positions. And what I like about the podcast is it's like we, we talk about these things. And if people apply them and it, they don't get results, they can write in and say, look, we did this. It didn't work. I've done that. It doesn't work. And I think that having that two, two way conversation with that Nathan's mailbag segment is really important. And I, that was probably my favorite you know the, the most important part of the bbc was that, that two-way communication with the with the audience mm. yeah i was just trying to think mailbag sort of just popped up didn't yeah, it where like, the hell that came from we and then we just became with a format it's like we do our one hour discussion yeah. we bring our topics and then we just jump into three or four questions and it just stuck it literally wasn't even thought about it just i think like, we i think we we did it and said let's see what people like what they think yeah about. what people write in and, and, if it, and if it didn't work, it didn't work. And I'll I'll say this is the day I die. We have the best community oh, yeah. in League of Legends by far. By far. The, the the quality of questions that you guys write in and just reading the comment section of uh, Broken by Concept YouTube, it's just absolutely like you go into other channels and stuff. It's just people like memeing and stuff like that. You know, cool memes are like cool and funny and stuff, but we are real. Our community is really, they get the message, which I think is yeah. awesome. Like I think we've done a great job getting across our, our message in definitely to our community. And I think, I think we, we, we owe the community a thanks absolutely for being, leaving so many amazing comments, sharing their stories, you know, sharing the podcast to their friends and trying to spread the word. Um, so, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for us to say thank you to the community. So for supporting us, stopping by each week, dropping a like, watching it and, and, um, and writing in, you know, absolutely. And I guess people, people have been very vulnerable as well when they write in, you know, yeah. they say, you know, this is my situation, you know, uh, like last episode I said, just like we embrace how fucked up we are, you know, you yeah. just got to the David Goggins mindset and have a crack get into the details process orientated embrace the suck that's a, a shirt we should get i got my get into the detail yeah. shirt here <clears throat> all right so you want to go over some of our favorite episodes curtis let's do it do you want to start with one okay um i really really thought episode 47 the solo queue contract yep i've got that written down as well was a very special episode because i think that's you know i feel like sometimes we stumble across a concept like a, or a 
uh, yeah, like I guess a concept that we can just draw upon forever. Like I feel like sometimes we 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 can reference it. Well, I feel like sometimes where <clears throat> the the analogy I view this podcast is that where we're like digging away at a mine, and then sometimes we'll stumble mm. on like a huge piece of gold. And it's like, when we stumble on that piece of gold, we don't realize it at the time and we think it's good, but then you kind of look back at it and like, wow, that was genius. Like that, that really hits the nail on the head and there's nothing else that needs to be said. And I feel like with the solo queue contract, no matter what happens with the game moving forward, no matter what changes they make, no matter what rank you are, no matter how good or bad you are, the solo queue contract in some way, shape or form will serve you well. And it's a great way to better your relationship with the game and manage expectations. That's, the That's what the solo queue contract is amazing at doing. It's making you aware when you hit that ranked queue up button, what you're getting yourself into. And the big part that we talked about episode was how Riot do such a poor job of, of showing people, this is what a ranked journey actually looks like. And people at the league community, especially, you know, the top creators and stuff, challenger players, they, they cannot articulate what the journey is like because people, we talk about the gaming background, People have advantages, disadvantages, you know, the PC gamer versus console gamer. That's really important just to understand like what you're actually getting yourself into, what solo queue is about, embracing the chaos. It's not a normal game. This is not a single player game where you're like, oh, I improve my skills and I literally go up, 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 and then I'm challenger. Like, that's just not how it works. So, it and being aware of all the things that you're going to face. That helps you have, that's the core pillar in my mind of having a healthy relationship with the game. Yeah. Understanding the solo queue contract. 100%. What about you, Nathan? Uh, I have episode fifty with Patrick. That was that that's well. a, that's great because that's a halfway right. That was that was awesome to see someone who's older in the community. Patrick, I think, was thirty five, thirty six years. You know, he's a full time job. He's a CEO of a company. Him using the process, our mantra to improve from a lower elo player to you know gold platinum. So I think I mean that was just a, his the video call right in thing. That was. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's something we should talk about for the mailbag more as well. If you guys send videos oh, in, yeah. that's more ideal for Videos us. would be way better, I would think, because we get to, like, resonate more with mm. them and, like, empathize. And, like, there's a better connection, isn't there? Mm. The great thing about Patrick was his ability to articulate his journey was fantastic. It was the best I've ever seen. And I think that was, uh, yeah, that was really, really awesome episode. And that was awesome, 50 and then following on from that, uh, we had episode um, 84 when Kova made that video, that vlog, and he didn't actually send that into us. We found it because he's obviously in our communities uh, talking about how he dealt with failure and his shit show of a journey, you know, having the process, going backwards, going and then climbing again. Um, that's episode 84. I thought that was awesome. He, uh, he articulated it pretty well. I think he was really real. Obviously, he's younger. He's not as old as Patrick, so he's not, you know, as good on camera potentially. But that was that was awesome. That I think that was awesome. Just to show people that, yeah, it's like you're going to fail. In, welcome to League of Legends. You're going to suck at the game. That's just it. Fail. And I it. want to tie on to that episode seventy five. So episode seventy five was Squid was Game. Uh, that was. And I one. really like that analogy again, tying mm. on to Kovar because we don't hear about failures enough. We hear about success stories a lot, right? We hear about the people that get that rank or, you know, get challenger or go on that win streak, but we very rarely see the people that don't get results. All the dead bodies. Right, in Squid Game, you see the people around you that failed, right? It's like that first scene where it's like the, the machine gun or whatever it is with the giant little girl. And like, you see all the bodies next to you and you're like, oh, if I make a mistake, that can be me. But in League... You can, you're just, you just go into the next game. 
Like you don't see all the people that are failing. So when you're comparing yourself to others, you're only comparing yourself to the people that succeed. You're not comparing yourself to the other people that fail. Like imagine the person that makes it to level two on Squid Game. Like imagine if it was just a game, they wouldn't feel as bad because they didn't die on round one. They saw the people like fail in round one. They see them and they're, they're there with them. And I feel like that analogy, it gives context to a real, a visceral feeling of what the lack of connection to failure and the lack of awareness to failure. Yep. I think that was a really good analogy. That's again, digging through the mind, you know, finding some things that we'll uh, always reference in future episodes. I have here the episode 67, uh, brain, heart, body. I think that was a really another, that was an inspiration from the fighting game community, yeah. the creators. Is his name Brian, I think it was. Yeah, Brian F or something. Um, that was an awesome way to sort of think about your journey, like where you are as a player. Like you are more brain player, heart, body, and this is talking about like mechanics and, you know, more decision making and how it affects you different, different roles in mm. League of Legends. I mm. thought that was good. I have here episode 40, why we play League. I think that's really important. You know, talking about, this, I think that's a foundation of having a health, healthy relationship with the game. Because let's say when it gets hard, you think, okay, why do I actually play this game? Yeah. Am I just straight up addicted? Am I? Do I love the LP? Does it dopamine? Or do I, it's like, do I actually like, enjoy the game? Do I enjoy the challenge? Do I view it as a, a challenge to push myself and grow? I think that's actually one of the most important questions you can ask yourself. For anyone that actually wants to climb, that's the first question and only question you really need to ask yourself. Why am I doing this? Is it, a, is it a competitive outlet? Or like you said, am I addicted? And, you know, it's funny, tying on from this little little tangent here, <clears throat> you see a lot of people make videos of why you should quit League of Legends and stuff. And in a way, right, I kind of feel like they have a point because if you are addicted, right, if you are genuinely addicted to the game, the best way is actually to temporarily quit and then come back with a replenished, healthier schedule and, relation and develop a healthy relationship with the game incrementally. And I feel as though it's really easy. Like, and so I don't think quitting the game for everyone makes sense. But I think that if you are a hardcore addict, the way I, that's the way I interpret those videos and say, you know, my life got better when I quit. Yeah, you were addicted. And 100%. That doesn't mean the only relationship you can have with the game is that of an addict, right? So I think that, um, yeah, that, that episode was really good highlighting that. Um, with why, do you, why the hell do you play? Why are you here? I got um, two more. Episode 69, ADHD. Yep. Uh, you know, ADHD is something that I, I knew nothing about before doing my research for that. And not only did I come out, I mean, hearing the responses from the community and I didn't realize how many people in the MLA actually have ADHD. And um, and I think for me as a coach and for us doing this this sort of educational podcast, we need to be aware of that because it's it changes the way you need to approach your, your journey massively and i think it's something that everyone needs to be aware of because i think a lot of people go undiagnosed mm. may may have adhd as well so that was one of my one of my favorites and the last one for me uh is episode 68 <clears throat> which was is your rank accurate and what i liked about that episode was uh you know it goes into not everyone's journey looks the same and you can be so if a one trick gets to a certain rank like understanding that Yes, they both get to a particular rank, but the skills made up to get that rank look different. And I, again, I like that 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 kind of investigative style of uh, that episode because 
Everyone says the term, throws around the term ELO inflated, but what does that actually even mean, you know? And I think that 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 episode allows us to dig a little bit deeper and make sense of why can this person be a one-trick at this rank, this person has these skills and is not at that rank. It just kind of makes sense of how the rank system actually works. I really enjoyed that episode as well. Uh, the last one that I had written down here was episode 92, which was uh, I shared my lessons, the principles I came up with reviewing with Will, getting mm-hmm. him, you know, helping him get to get rank one. Um, I think that was a really good one, especially for the high ELO players that want to get to the next level. And also shout out to obviously announced signed to 100 Thieves that Academy. Um, you know, definitely looking to push towards LCS in the next few uh, years. All right. Uh, oh, and episode 23 with John O'Brien. We can't. Oh, yeah. We yeah, can't. Sure. That was amazing. Jonathan, our mentor. I mean, he I mean, he definitely shaped a lot with yeah. our approach with the game. And he was the one that really made us understand the value of League of Legends and how it is actually the greatest game on, on the planet Earth in terms of developing in this fast-moving world. Patch, patch, adapt, embrace the chaos, dealing with your emotions. There is no other game that mimics the way the world is moving uh, like League does. Mm. So yeah, sh- shout out Jono. All right, uh, let's jump into Malbags. This is the, the meat of the episode now. Um, let me just get my phone. So there's going to so be this is where the jingle would yeah, usually the be. Jingle no usually jingle. would be, but no jingle today since we've got our uh, the Champion Mastery Studios is still in the um, is still in the yeah. the production phases. <clears throat> All right. Um, oh yeah, the other one as well. Uh, I mean, your video. I mean, it must. You know, we we didn't mention it, but the you get into it's like half a million views. The reacting to Reddit bronze your video. Reacting to Reddit. Did we do a video? Oh yeah, that, those were great as well. That no, that one video you did on your channel, Coach Curtis channel. Yeah, what about? And we it? made a video, a podcast video about it, about the reacting. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. That was a good. It's crazy episode. how that's picked up in the YouTube sphere, and how many people. I mean, you haven't read the comments. Like you don't leave read the comments of that video anymore, right? The, the the popular one. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It's out. I I look at the comments sometimes. I lose a few brain cells and I don't go back. <laughs> it's really bad. What's that video called again? Just for people? Was uh, it? I think it was like I played in bronze I, to prove a point. Yeah, to I played Reddit. in bronze yeah. to prove a point to Reddit. I, the the comments are just out of control. It's out of control. Oh now. yeah, <laughs> that's that's gonna give like a million views, dude. Honestly, I, I, I the, the comments. You go to the comment section just for like a, a split second, and then it's stuff like. Um, yeah, but you still lost. And mm. it's like you're completely missing the point of the video, which was like to show <laughs> like the quality of the mistakes that was going on, you know? Yeah. You still lost, even though you oh. con- intentionally limited yourself. Oh, it was, it, it, again, they, they didn't understand the point of the video. All right. So let's get started into mailbag. This is the first live mailbag, guys. How <laughs> exciting. So I'll obviously be reading all these because yeah. Curtis's voice is absolutely cooked as you might yeah. know from curtis's sickness all right this first one titled this email is broken by concept but it actually means something here this is from victor hey guys hope you're doing it fantastic congrats congrats on hitting episode 100 you're going to be at triple digits for a while now that's actually cool we're in triple digits now that i like that uh, you know before especially when you're in like the 30 and stuff it's like oh, this is a bit we're pretty new to this, but you look at the new studio, guys. We're advanced podcasters now. I sincerely hope your podcast journey has just begun and that there are many hundreds more episodes to come. Much love to you both and a big shout out to the MLA for being such a fucking great community. Uh, unbelievably lucky to have found you all. This email isn't a question, but rather a bit of a meme. 
So feel free to leave this out if it doesn't fit. You made it, Victor. Just had a bit of fun thinking about what BBC actually means now that it has become such a widespread term in the community. I remember when I first heard Nathan talk about the meaning of Broken by Concept and how I realized that the concept of movement speed was actually incredibly deep, both on a small scale, but also when looking at the bigger picture. It can be the difference between reaching a target or dodging a skill shot in a team fight, but you can also impact everything on the map faster because you move faster. Fascinating. And again, that's the, that's where yeah. the name Broken by Concept came from was I used to say this term. Nathan threw it around. I threw it around back in, you know, 10 years ago with Udia. It's like, move speed quintessences were a thing it's like I stacked move speed it's like move speed is broken by concept no one can hit me you know Um, that got me thinking uh, what things in real life are actually broken by concepts Blow I've compiled a list of different items concepts and functions that I think are incredible if you really break them down and think about how useful they are what do you guys think of these and what are other things there are so here's a list of zip ties uh, you know, obviously good uh, one plastic string with an auto lock mechanism is all you need. Um, you can obviously use them for lots of things. They're really cheap. They're extremely durable and require no additional tools to use. Truly broken by concept, he says. Post-it notes. You're, you're probably a fan of this, Curtis. Yeah. Curtis, you go to Curtis's desk. He's just got post-it notes like I've everywhere. I've got post-it notes everywhere <laughs> on my desk. He says, how many times do you have a really solid thought and an idea on which you want to expand later on but can't at the moment only to forget it three seconds later? Physics, wills, <laughs> momentum, leverage, and torque. I mean, that changed the world, right? Like the, the invention of the will. A calendar, uh, sleep. Uh, he says foot baths. I don't know how, but I just feel like they are. <laughs> I've never actually had driving those what? before. Um, restarting PC. Literally says fixes anything. Demoted on league, no problem. Restart PC, all good. <laughs> Uh, blood you can donate and you produce more of it there has to be business opportunity here somewhere uh, fruit delicious and healthy i think some people would argue that one the delicious aspect but yep awesome and sound you can actually do something mundane that would otherwise prevent you from taking new information or learning things with a sense that you don't need to be using truly broken my concept i think working out that's broken my concept is broken by concept yeah. like you you feel like you actually get more energy for working out, right? You get more energy. You feel more energized. You feel better about yourself because your body is literally looking nicer. Um, you get more testosterone as well uh, through working out for, for guys. More testosterone obviously is, is amazing for men. Um, and you sleep better. You can eat better. And you sweat, so it can make your skin better. I mean, what is there? What is the what is downside. not good about no. working out? Discipline helps with discipline. And that's a big thing that we preach on here: is the discipline from working out helps your discipline on the rift as well. I have ne- I dead set in my life. I have I have ne- not done a single thing that has benefited me more than working out. Mm. It is the single for me the single most important thing i've ever done mm. and i my biggest regret actually i can't really regret if i didn't know but like if i wish if i were to go back in time i would have told my 16 year old self to work out pick up heavy shit like i always out. used to get running right mm. running was the thing that i got to run run and i ran but i didn't get the same feeling mm. working out lifting heavy weights lifting heavy weights was is by far the biggest beneficial thing that's ever happened mm. in my life mm. 
I so. mean, you guys can literally see it in terms of if you go back to episode one and look mm. at Curtis and I's physique. Oh, it's crazy. I was literally 59, 60 kilograms. I don't know how much that is in pounds, mm. which is super skinny. I'm 5'11". Um, and now I'm 76. Yeah. And, you know, my physique, it just you, you literally see it's the journey crazy. in Broken by Concept. Yeah. And, and Curtis. Because well, I already well. kind of was starting. Yeah, you were just. You but were, like when I first, thing. before I started working out, I was so light. I was like 70. Yeah. I put on 15 kilos. Mm. Yeah, I put in, yeah, I put on 15, yeah. 16 kilos in a span of 18 months. Yeah. Literally. It's crazy. So I'll tell you working out, is there anything else? I mean, sleep, I guess. I have like one, I mean, electricity. Oh, yeah. Like if you really get basic things you take for granted, like think of the microwave. How broken by concept is a microwave? Microwave is pretty broken by concept. Like, you know, back in the day, we had to like create a fire with like stones and stuff. And, you know, I think that that's electricity. I mean, that whole world, if, if there's no electricity, the world collapses, right? So if you really get in the foundation of something that's broken by concept, mm. I think electricity, this water. podcast wouldn't exist. Water's broken by oh, concept. Oh, water, absolutely. I got my whole water. <laughs> I love water. Water's the best. Some people just don't enjoy water somehow. Water is so good. It's so good. Everything about it. I love water. Like, like I used to I used to buy orange juice and stuff like that, you know, because I felt like you, you have to like have something else. But I just, I will drink water with every meal and it's just so good. I actually prefer it, dude. It's just beautiful. Yep. Anything else, guys, you can think of? Uh, I mean... Just like day-to-day items. Day-to-day items. I mean... I'm just looking around my apartment. I mean, Tupperware is kind of broken by concept. Yeah, for pre... for Water bottles. Meals, water bottles. Water bottles, broken by concept. Yep. Um, It's a cool thought. I like it. Yeah. So I thought that was funny to start it off. Uh, it's obviously a term. We don't really use the term broken by concept. We do it sometimes. We do sometimes. Probably not as much as we should. We should get more creative yeah. using the title of our goddamn yeah. podcast, Curtis. I think that we used to do it more than... <laughs> we used to do it more than we do now. Use that, that term. All right. Next question here is from Daniel. This is Daniel from MLA and from the BBC Book Club. Lovely. The title of this email is Trusting One's Intuition and Thinking Less. Hey, Curtis and Nathan, I think it's time for my first mail into the legendary BBC mailbag. Perfect for episode 100, Daniel. First, I want to take a moment to mention how incredibly grateful I am for what the two of you are doing. I've been following the show since day one and the value I've derived from it can't put in numbers nor words. Keep up the great work. You've definitely got one supporter who you can count on at all times. Now to get to my question, I've just watched a recent VOD on the Midland Academy where Curtis was helping a Zed player with managing his toxic expectations of himself. I've been watching this with a sense of curiosity as I was in the very same hole before. And one thing really stuck with me, how can I prevent myself from entering this cycle again? How do I consistently keep my expectations managed, especially considering the fact that I have a personality that is quite successful vulnerable to this susceptible susceptible that's the word Curtis I didn't do well in English class in in high school Uh, reflecting on this for a while now I've come to the following conclusions Uh, number one how I respond to negative occurrences in my solo queue journey let's say a game losing mistake a few consecutive losses or demotion has a direct correlation with my relationship with the game I mean that's obviously very normal um In my experience, toxic expectations are built over time and subconsciously. I used to not even know what's happening until it was too late, until my mental state broke into pieces. I believe that one has two options when it comes to reacting to game-losing mistake. So this is the toolkit that he built. Do you have anything to mention about that so far, about the Zed 
that review and the toxic expectations, more context? Um, no, continue on. So these are the toolkit that he built to deal with these toxic expectations. Remind oneself that this has probably happened to everyone at least 10 times already. Observe it for a few minutes in the review. Ask high-quality questions directed at increasing the chance of not making the mistake again. Uh, note one small thing that I can take away from it and move on to the next game without any mental baggage remaining. This is how I respond in 70% of all cases. That's a reflection of the term we use. Review is the medicine. Try to explain the mistake. Understand it thoroughly. Put it into the context of my entire journey. Label it bad, highly problematic, and as a result, putting conscious thought into not making it again in the next time. As Curtis explained, the conscious thought then overrules intuition, that next game, and constantly lowers performance. This is how I respond in still 30% of all cases. Anything to comment on that, Curtis? Is, so is he saying that um, if you register something is really bad... He says, if you make a mistake, you've got to really understand yeah. it. Understand it thoroughly. Yeah, because if you really understand, especially if you understand the consequences of your actions, it's going to increase the likelihood that you don't make that mistake again. Right? Yep, that's my understanding of it. And then the next thing he says, there may be a lot of value in consciously reminding oneself that there is a lot of beautiful muscle memory in one's brain already that just needs to be expressed and that I can fully trust in my subconscious mind. Uh, I do not need to think at all for my brain to express this. Actually, thinking makes it harder for my brain to do so. So is this a two-part question? It feels like, is he talking about... To is so firstly, he's gone on to... These are his toxic... Ex and this is how he deals with it currently. And now we're going to get into his question now. Um, is there anything else to talk about? We'll get I'm, yeah, I'm confused, confused what the question is. There's okay, so a lot the, of information. That's here. not a question. That's like his... His observations. Observations, okay? So now he's going, this brings me to my question. Okay. How do I go from reacting as elaborated in his toolkit to in 75%, 70% to 90% of all cases? So he said that, um, so currently the remind himself that this has happened to everyone. Right. He, he that only happens 70% of the time, but for the other 30% of the time, um, oh, he doesn't do that. Right. Okay? The other 30% he just like, but he wants to, to he wants to level it up, I think. How do I get better at thinking less and trusting my intuition more? I guess that's the general okay. question. I got a, I got a really good... Um, uh, this is a new toolkit. Okay. I don't know if this will answer the question, but let's just riff off this a bit. All right, let's go. Um, so I played a game yesterday that like really... You know, like you get games that sting, right? Like, and you're disappointed in yourself. Yep. And like you make mistakes... And you think they're sloppy mistakes or whatever, whatever it is that made it stung that game. And, and, and one thing that I feel like, uh, one thing that prevents you from, oh, I mean, okay. So when that, when you have that bad game, right, I feel like you're in a very vulnerable state. You can make a lot of bad decisions from that point, whether it's in the next game or you let your anger out in real life. Insta-queue up. You have a poor review. Yeah. You have a poor review. You fail to get into the details. I feel like. When, as soon as you exit that game, you're just, you're so vulnerable. I feel like all your steroid armor is stripped and you're just, mm. everything is taken really deeply and personally and you lower your confidence massively. And I just feel like you, you need to kind of realize that you're in a vulnerable position. So, so what I did, what I did yesterday, I tried something different. I said, okay, I know I'm upset with myself. And one thing I know with myself sometimes when I have bad games is it actually affects my relationship because I'll let that out to people around me. 
Like I'm just negative then. I'm like, I'm, I'm just pissed. Right. Mm. And I don't want to let that happen again. So I view it. I get, I'm very visual. Right. So I view there's like this knot in my brain. Like there's like a thing there that I need to untie. I need to get rid of this thing. It's there. It's living in there. Right. It's living in there. So what I did, I went, I had a shower and in the shower, I literally, I said, okay, let's Curtis, let's be honest with myself. What specifically happened in that game? Because I can remember all the mistakes I made. So you didn't review at all? No, I did straight away. I, yeah. I couldn't review. You're visualizing the game back I, in your so head. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Like, I can't make that. I can't okay. review, right? You can't review. You're not going to review because if, you, if, you, if you're really honest with yourself, yeah. you're really pissed. You're not going to get a good no, review. No. Right? So I, 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 whether you have a shower or not, it doesn't matter. But I'm in the shower and I'm literally standing there and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Curtis, what actually just happened? Like, be honest with myself. What is it that pissed you off so much about that game? And if you're really, really, really honest with yourself and you strip away all the bullshit and you literally look at it for what it is, it's like, okay, oh, you, you're, you're, you misplayed this wave. You died to this gank because of this and whatever it might be. You just like say it for what it is. You just strip all the bullshit, get rid of all that, whatever, all the other stuff. And when you see it for what it really is, it's oftentimes way less than you think it was. Like you, you exaggerate the problem when you just come out of that game. And all that pain of like the LP or what they think of you and all this stuff, it kind of all dissipates because you see it for what it really is. You see the mistake for what it, it's just a mistake. It's just a, it's just one little decision and it costed it a death and it might've cost you the game. But when you look at it for what it is, it's kind of like this sense of relief. It's like, oh. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, that's, it makes sense. That's is what that, I say. Is that it? Oh, oh yeah, I can live with that, I guess. Yeah. And then you just move on. Mm. And like, if you don't go through that process of addressing the problem, if you don't go through that process of addressing what is it that actually is pissing you off and you let that linger, like I said, your confidence will go to shit. You're more vulnerable to overthinking. You're not going to be- in the toxic narratives that he talks about, that they will start developing. They will it's start like, developing. Let's say, let's say you focus on one aspect of the game. Let's say- uh, What's a common, let's say Malphite old OP or something like right, that, right? right. That, like there was so many mistakes that yeah, he made, yeah. but that's like gestating. And then he doesn't actually do that process that you did. Yeah. And now he's like Malphite's like OP, I can't win versus Malphite or something like that. It's like yeah. gestating. And because he can't ever get into the review until he's addressed that problem, mm. right? And I, the analogy I think of this is like, imagine your plaque builds up in your teeth if you don't like brush properly. You got to brush your goddamn teeth to get rid of it because if you don't brush or don't floss, then it'll build up and build up and it gets out of control and then it's just there and then you got to go to the dentist and that's where we come in. We're like the dentist. <laughs> yeah. They have to get yeah. rid of all this shit. Do some cleaning up yeah, here. Some cleaning. <laughs> but it doesn't have to get to that point, you know? Yeah. And what I would say is, you know, we talk about the alternative three block process where you review before your block. In a way, that's kind of like compensating for that. Because a lot of people can't, they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to let go mm. of mistakes that happen in a game. So they're not going to get into a good quality review. Sleeping on it and then coming back the next day and then reviewing those games is kind of like the band-aid solution for that. So you have two options. You can either be really honest with yourself and 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 do some like real like self-introspection. and Deep work. And deep work. Yeah, and figure out what is it that's so painful here. Or you can sleep on it and then come back the next day and then have the clarity. Either or. But I feel like that is a really a pragmatic tip that could prevent this sort of thing. So I guess the question that he sort of like ended with was, yeah, how do I go about thinking less and trusting my intuition more? 
Right. So, I mean, I, I, I've experienced this. I mean, you obviously know my journey, right? Like, I was the over... Like, I, I'm like Daniel. Like, I, right. me and Daniel have talked about this before. Like, right. We're thinkers and then the intuition, sometimes we don't trust as much. Uh, yeah. It, like, to be honest, it's sort of just gone away from me. I don't know. I think maybe it's a practice, maybe confidence levels in my my ability, but it sort of just disappeared over time for some reason. I still, th- I still think a lot about the game. I'm mm. always thinking. Uh, but I would say the intuition aspect, I think that is really important to develop just through playing a lot of league. Okay, I, I think I think what the difference... Uh, I might be wrong process. here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like give my outside analysis of why you were able to do it. Okay. I think before, Nathan, when you made mistakes, you would... Um, either one or two things would happen. You would like overanalyze it and like, and like, and feel like it was like a pathing problem or whatever it might be. Or you knew it was like some mechanical micro or skirmish problem, but you would like, you'd brush it off. That's not that important. Because my pathing wasn't good anyway or something. Yeah. Like I messed up my early game anyway. Mm. Like I feel like you never just accepted that it was like, oh, yep, I missed this. I lose the skirmish and then I got to continue on. Like, I think now you've just put more focus on, you've put more emphasis on like the, the micro details and stuff in, but in a, in a, in a different way, not, you haven't overemphasized the micro mistakes, but you've registered them as really important. And you just know, you've got to get the reps in. Like you've understood that you've just got to get the reps in. I think with Daniel, cause he is an overthinking guy. And because he doesn't have the game knowledge we have, he doesn't know if it is some core misunderstanding of the game or if it is just a, a mechanical misplay and he just needs to get the reps in, you know? Like he doesn't have that. Okay. He doesn't have that ability to think long-term because he hasn't ever got success in a way. Like with you, like you know deep down that like you've been high elo. So like in your mind, you had like this d- delusion in a way that if you kept getting in the reps, you'll get to kind of that level you once were or like, you'll get to that level. I think with Daniel, he's overthinking because he doesn't have that underlying bedrock of like confidence. And so his default response is if a problem happens in game, it's like overthink it. I'm going to think my way through I'm gonna it. I'm going to think my way out of it. Mm-hmm. Where I think as well, like sometimes you got to develop the skill of being able to review something and know that it's just a mechanical misplay and you got just got to get the reps in. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, this ties into your, you said this, I don't know if it was off camera or something. You said, you said, Curtis, People always feel like they need to get like all these things from a review. Sometimes it's just you make this like sloppy, like you miss your skill shot, you lose that skirmish, that's it. End of review. That's end of review. It can just be end of review. You develop that end of review process, which in a way I think helped you because it's like, oh, I I I unburrowed when I shouldn't unburrow. <clears throat> I lose this fight. I miss that ZWEQ. I miss that ZWQ. That's it. But you understood just reps, just reps, just reps. Mm. You didn't allow yourself to go down that rabbit hole of why did I unborrow? And you, you didn't, you didn't, you, you took it at face value and just moved on from it in a way. Right? I feel like Daniel struggles with doing that. So I think it's just like the, uh, it's hard, isn't it? It's the intuition, so the intuition aspect of the game, we've sort of not really said it, but that's fighting and mechanics, you think. Is there intuition in terms of decision making? Like, is there? There, there is that there, as well. There is yeah. intuition for path in. Sometimes I know, like, there's a specific path that you do. Like, oh, there's definitely intuition in mid, right? With way states. Yeah. Like, I you don't to, have to think about the way. You don't have to think about. It's like, I know what it. is good for me. I know what yeah. is bad for me. 100%. And again, the only way you're going to know that is again through reps. Reps. Is it? But it's weird because you got to think. You because, do have to think, don't you? 
Uh, it's it, tough, isn't it? It's tough, yeah. It's a hard it's one. It's really tough. Look, I think when it comes to developing intuition, it's like one of those things. It's like now that you're aware of it, you, you know what, like before kind of, if you're unaware of the whole intu intuitive aspect, you think you're getting no value, but you got to have this like delusion that you're getting value from the review in a way, you know, like from a mistake. It's like you register it as a painful experience. And in your mind before you might think, well, I'm never going to see this situation. I don't know why I made this mistake. That's it. And you feel it's a waste of time. But in a way, if you register it as a painful experience, you kind of see it for what it is. If you now, if you're now aware of intuition as a, as a concept. So I guess it's sort of like respecting the intuition of the game. Yeah. Respecting yeah. that intuition is there, Yeah, but we just can't see it. It's yeah. not tangible, but it's there. You know, it's like you respect that it's there and it, it exists and that you are improving on it. I mean, that's the only way, right? Mm. I like it. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. It's one of those things that it's, it's weird. It's like, it's it, it, okay. Tying it back to a real life analogy, Nathan, it, when you actually think about it, right? The whole like schedule and discipline, you don't know how important it is until you just do it. Like until you go like feel what it feels like to go to the gym, you have to like kind of be delusional. You have to trust some idiot on YouTube that's telling to you to go to the gym. To do these exercises. But like, if you've never done it, you don't know what the hell yeah. it feels like. Yeah. So you have to be delusional. You have to like just go in blind and send it. Yeah. And 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 pray to the gods that it works. I guess it's a test and learn. It is a test and learn. Test yeah. and learn, right? You won't know unless you try. Yeah. So maybe Daniel, I think Daniel I think needs to respect more so potentially his micro mechanical things and maybe you know you just said the wide wave state. Respect or maybe or maybe it. he just how needs long to be okay time. with with walking away from review. That is just going to be one of those things. Oh, it's just like, super quick. Yeah, just super quick. More, yeah, nothing more to say. <clears throat> That's what I think. But something we have to figure out. There's something we don't know how to answer. You know, yeah, I think that's honestly intuition. something we are not good at. That's probably a topic that we're going to have to slowly develop our understanding of. Because the intuition versus thinking. Yeah, it's Cause, hard because it's because we review games like you know in Salt MLA and we were like, this is you know intuition. You clearly, there's an intuition problem here, and it's yeah. very difficult sometimes to explain. Yeah certain aspects of the game well it's either games played or they're not understanding the the consequence that's what he's doing he understands the consequences of his actions or he's um he's looking for something that doesn't exist in a way but yeah i think me and daniel we're just gonna have to get into the reviews and get into the details get into the details it's a tough one though all right, moving on here. Next question here is from sonia the title of this email is wannabe mid lane mum Hello, Curtis and Nathan. I found your amazing podcast a few months ago from Coach Curtis YouTube and searching for help on playing mid lane. I can't imagine my week now without your in-depth analysis of life, the league universe, and everything in between. My teenage son has been playing league for a few years now, and I wanted to understand his passion for league, so I thought I'd give it a try. I'm completely hooked and have found a hobby that I want to put time and energy into and maybe one day rank up for my own personal goal. I'm a real newbie and have only 300 games to my name. I like mid lane, I guess because it's the center of the map. I like the feel of it, the champions, and jungle support. I'm in the three block habit, and I have two easy mage champions I've settled on for now. I have two questions I hope you can help me with. Firstly, some days I sit in front of my computer, and I'm scared to go into a game. I'm scared because I die a lot, and I think everyone is better than me. Secondly, I'm doing what I hear you guys say to everyone, learning, uh, value your farm. That's all I'm doing in games. But I find every mid opponent plays so aggressive 
and I struggle to farm, I die, and then I get flamed in chat and so on. Mm. I don't know how to play against aggressive players. I know you say just play games, and that's what I'm doing. Perhaps I need to toughen up, but I'm never giving up. It's an interesting one. So the first one was the fear of queuing up, right? Yep, Ranked Anxiety 101. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming she's not playing ranked though, right? This is normal. So I'm assuming, I would hope so. Yeah, I think right. she, she said that uh, she will eventually one day hope to right. start yeah, playing ranked. Well, look, I think the first thing um, is that you need to accept that like at that level, no one really knows what they're doing. And everyone is going to die a lot. Like you're not the only one dying a lot. Everyone is dying a lot. And uh, so you need to kind of come in with the, with the expectation that it's going to be a shit show every game and, and kind of have fun with it. What I would say the most important thing is curiosity, right? And, and I think that if you come in, the first thing to answer, uh, jump up with the questions here, the first one, you got to send it. There's no, there's you would no, embrace no one's going to give a shit if you die. No, no one's going to judge you. And even if you're, they're judging you, they're probably some other 18, 17 year old kid that don't take it personally. No one gives a shit really. Mm. Um, if you're that worried about it, just mute all, mute all. Don't really, don't look at what people say. You got to die a lot. You're going to die a lot. You cannot, and I promise you, you cannot be worse than me. When I first started playing league, I, I had to look, I had to legit look at the keyboard to put my, know where to put my fingers because I couldn't have my fingers. I didn't know where to put them. Because you're an FPS guy. I was an FPS player, so I'm like, how do I press QWER at the same time? Because you're a WASD. So I was a WASD. <laughs> and I literally had to look at my yeah. keyboard. I had to look up and look down, and I would fat finger my flash all the time. It was shocking. But I just put in the reps. I just played a lot of bot games. I played a lot of normal games. I died a lot. and just had fun with it. You just got to do that. And if you have that mentality, if you're going in, having a bit of fun, um, and being very curious, that should relieve some of the anxiety. Mm. The second part when it comes to just dealing with aggressive players... You know, what I would recommend is is actually, like, even if it takes, like, a, a two or three minutes after the game, go to those, like, moments where you're, you're like, taking, like, you're getting hit and you're, you're taking damage. Observe what, what's actually, just to be curious, what the hell's going on? And what you'll notice is that, like, they might be trying to attack you when you're going to last it. So you need to be more peripheral. What it sounds like's happening is that she's directing all of her mental stack on getting the last hit of the minion, but she's not balancing, you know, she's not using her peripheral vision to respect when the enemy comes up. An analogy, Sonia, that I'll, I'll use here is that when you're driving, right, um, you're constantly, even though you're, you're, you're thinking of going straight, you're always in your kind of peripheral vision aware of what's happening around you. So when the car in front of you is braking, what are you doing? You also got to brake. When that car on your right is trying to, turn into your lane, you're going to instantly maybe break a little bit and let that person come in. You're using your peripheral vision to soak in information to adjust accordingly. In league, you've got to do the same thing with CSing. You've got to obviously direct your attention on, on in, in terms of the car going forward and, and, and accelerating and steering. But you also got to use your peripheral vision to understand wh wh what is the enemy doing? If they're walking at me, what do I got to do? I'm either going to stand, I'm going to fight, or I'm going to back up a little bit. It's like bit. the break. Yeah, it's the, the break. I've got to back up a little bit. Mm. So you've got to be using your, you know, maybe stop, you know, stop tunneling as much on the minions and be more adaptive like Bruce Lee here to, to what's happening around you and be willing to adapt and give up a minion to fight back a little bit and trade a little bit to see what it feels like. And I would actually urge you, if you really are struggling with trading, to actually 
be actually give it back to them like trade back see what happens if you use my if i use my abilities on you and you use your abilities on me what's gonna happen who does more damage and then as you start to understand how the kits actually interact incrementally you're like oh if i actually sidestep that one ability and then cast my ability i win it so you'll start to realize over time that how your champion likes to take trades but you're only going to do that when you trade back so you got to make up your mind you're either backing off because you know you don't win that trade or you're going to stand here and fight them. See what happens. Look in the review very simply. Go to those first few minutes, those first few trades. Observe what happens. Why? Why did I lose this? Why do I think, oh, I'm taking a lot of minion damage or I got hit by that or that's how that ability works. Interesting. Be curious. Observe. And if you're really confused, go onto YouTube, type that exact interaction, that, that matchup, <clears throat> you know, Lux versus X. Then... Get specific about the ability usage. How are they using their abilities? In what order do they use the abilities? Focus on the abilities and the positioning of the champions. How are they positioning relative to each other? That's it. Don't give a, don't give a shit about anything else. Just that. And then over time, your mental stack will get a bit more eased. You'll be able to balance CSing with your peripheral vision. You'll be able to adjust your spacing to the enemy accordingly. You'll know the damage outputs accordingly. And then that will start your journey. Does that make sense? Okay. Could have just done a, a, a tutorial <laughs> how to get better at mid lane when you're starting playing the game. Yeah, I think that that's the really important thing is that she just doesn't have the muscle memory built to... Because when, when you play the game, you are you already know how many much damage the minions are going to do. Yeah. She's got to be really focused and that's obviously all the mental stacks into that right yeah, now. That's, that's going right. to take time. That's right. Yeah, the, I love the, the mindset of the curiosity. Here, this is an analogy. If you have ranked anxiety and stuff visualize you know like when you grow up like what is what, what do you see when you go into public you see toddlers they're making a fuss you know they're, they're yelling they're screaming they don't give a shit what anyone thinks they're just yeah. they're just walking they're having fun they're like em embracing well, life, and when they right? go to a playground they're just interacting interacting with like let's say they they there's like a flame or something and they're like they're like oh what's this and they put their hand on they get burned and they learned that lesson right yeah but you know, the older you get, you know, you're in teenage years, then you like become really shallow and you're like thinking yeah. what everyone's what thinking is, of you. Thinking of me, yeah. And that's when all the anxiety is built up and stuff like that. But it's so, it's so funny how humans develop into that because obviously there's more, you know, there's more, we're more aware, we're more socially aware, more socially aware. We're going to tell you have no fucking idea what's going on, yeah. but, but they're really curious toddlers. I have that childlike mentality mm. to the game when you're playing yeah, the game. Yeah, it's a beautiful like, way of framing it. Childlike mentality. Just they're so curious and things. They're just playing with things. They're fucking up. They're dying. They're burning yep. themselves. Yep. You know, spot on. They're not tell us aren't dying, but like that's in league. But like you know, they're they're making lots of mistakes. They're falling over. They're tripping over. You know, they like they run and like they trip over and stuff. So I think that's oh, so Nathan. Uh, I'm gonna ruin the entire podcast. I'm gonna duck off to the bathroom while you read the next. Okay, question. I'm gonna read the okay. next question. Curtis needs to go for his uh, <laughs> his his ten every ten minutes now. All right, um, so Curtis isn't going to hear this, but let's say maybe he hears this, but I'll reiterate the question. Um, let's find one that's maybe more suited to jungle. Um, okay, this one is from Dolt Penguin. Hello, Curtis and Nathan. Greetings from Melbourne. That's where we're live streaming this right now. So a nice an Aussie. Uh, the title's email is focusing on specific skills and being absorbed in the game. I have an issue where I will try to focus on a specific skill, but I quickly get lost in the activity itself, almost like autopilot, except my focus is solely on the game. This applies to other areas of my life, and I find myself being absorbed in an activity that I'm unable to think logically 
or focus consciously for more than 10 to 20 seconds. For instance, when I am practicing my my shot in basketball, I initially intend to focus on my technique, but after a while, I end up tossing the ball repeatedly getting reps in. I find this is a huge issue in league because I feel like I lack the mental cues to do things like use lull states to figure out the game state, check the minimap on new waves, uh, assess threatening abilities before team fights. He plays ADC. I'm struggling to develop habits based on in-game events, but also to do things like spending a game focusing on CS, uh, jungle tracking, trading, uh, etc., to improve those specific skills. I feel like this is holding me back, but I'm not sure what to do about it. And I was hoping you guys had some idea of what might be going on. Uh, thank you so much for the show. Uh, it makes my commute to uni on Mondays bearable. All right, so this is your typical um, back isolating skills. <sighs> How much of that did you get, Curtis? <laughs> Lull states. You heard lull states? Give me a rundown, Nathan. So um, he's talking about here. I think I actually do need to reread this. Uh, So he he struggles to focus on specific skills, but it gets lost in the chaos of of the game. (sighs) Okay. Yep. Yep. That's as simple as it is. Uh, He feels like it's like autopilot, except his focus is solely on the game. So it's like he can't, again, he can't focus on the skill. He gets brought up into the chaos of the game. Well, it depends what it is, right? What well, does he give an example of what he's trying to focus on? Um, he plays AD carry. Yeah, he says he uses an analogy about, for instance, basketball. He practices his shot. I initially yeah. intend to focus on my technique, but after a while, I end up just tossing the ball repeatedly, getting yeah. reps in. Look, like I, I think that first things first, <clears throat> there are going to be games, right, where you're. It's just a, it's a very beautiful game of league where you you know. Your jungle hovers you. You have plenty of vision. Your supports keep creating space. You have you, you've got a counter pick. Like you have a lot of options in those games. Your mental stack is free, and you're going to be able to focus on that learning objective very easily. Like that's going to be a game where you'll make a lot of progress. Then there's going to be games where you get counter picked, you get dove at level three. You know, depending on what your learning objective is, you got to accept reality that you might just get dick all learning. In it's, that gone. Game. it's gone. It's right? gone. It's like. Yeah. Like, you got to accept that it's not going to be consistent like in basketball where you can isolate a skill and I can do this and then this and then this. No. Like, it differs game to game. So, I think it's very normal that you're struggling to do this. I have games, right, where I'm trying to get better at roaming, right? Or I'll get better at my CSing. If I'm in a matchup that I don't understand very well, I can't get better at my CSing because my mental stack is is gone to Narnia. I can't get better at my roaming if I'm getting shit on in solo kill three times. How the hell am I getting better at roaming? So I accept that it's one game I'll make a lot of progress and in another game I'm going to make no, barely any progress. So I think what he's trying, he's, his expectations might be unrealistic and, and, and if he really is struggling, you know, it might be a sign that he, um, he doesn't have enough champ mastery or he's not using his lol states effectively to re, uh, remind himself that like what exactly he needs to where he needs to direct his attention. He says, "I find this a huge issue in league because I feel like I lack the mental cues to do things like use lol states to figure out the game state." Yeah, it's a tough one. It, it's one of those things that gets better over time. Hmm. Like the better the okay, it's like anything else. The first time you try to do something, it's going to be hard. Like if you've played a thousand games of league and you've never used the lull state before, someone tells you to use a, a, a lull state in a game, you might only use one of them mm. or two. Mm. 
Mm. That's better than nothing. You, you won't also, this is the key thing as well, I find, when I, especially when I teach people about uh, jungle tracking or, you know, I, they know about it, like the say the fundamental, but they don't really know yeah. how important it is or how, what the outcome of the game is because humans are very outcome focused, right? Yep. L- let's say he, let's say you tell him to use some lull states here, right? Yep. And he goes in and he plays some, you know, use some lull state. He won't really know how that's impacted the game at all. So he doesn't actually know even if it's valuable. He hears it all the time. You know, you talk about the blind illusion of following what we say. Yeah. You know, is you don't really think it's going to be that important. And I, I definitely can see that in my reviews, some of my mm. salty reviews is, you know, I, especially my gold players, like I'll emphasize jungle tracking. Like they know it's important. But they don't really but they don't get really it. like, really uh, get you know, it. this is why you really got to focus on this because this is all the options you can have. And this is why the game will look so much different. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's an element of when you know how important something is, you understand the consequences of not doing it. Then That's how gonna... humans, humans need consequences. Yeah. If there's no consequences, we don't learn by That's not actually why I feel so many people in our program struggle to improve actually, is that they, they fail to understand the consequences of their actions. Like I have clients all the time that say, Curtis, I die all the time. How do I, give me some tips to stop dying, right? Well, for me, like the biggest thing I say, well, Okay, let's get into it. We'll get specific. But a lot of the time, it's like, do you understand what's happening when you're dying? Like, if you die once, you give this kill to Karzix, level three. The game's so fucking hard now. Mm. So hard. But do they really get that? Because they might win that game still. That's right. And then that's positive reinforcement, yeah. isn't it? It's like, ah, oh, that's that's not that important. Yeah. So it's like, it, and this is what we said, there's a difference between a good win and a bad win. It's the way you win. Mm. There's a way you win. How many important. times do you, you're streaming on MLA Discord, you unmute and be like, I played Shock in that game, you won. Yeah, all the time. And then pe- people might say sometimes, sometimes I play a game like, uh, on like really, I, I literally played a game yesterday, I was playing Volleybear and then I unmuted from the Salter and then I was like, you know, the Discord and then um, I was like, uh, they're like, yeah. oh, well, really good decision making in there. And mm-hmm. I said, uh, do you guys want to say a really quick end of review? I end the review three yeah. minutes ago. Or when I lose. <laughs> I just get up and But it's also review. when we lose, we say, I deserve to lose that game. Yeah. I'll say that. It makes sense. It makes sense. I just, I should have lose. I should lose this game. Mm. You know, mm. like I'm going to try anyway, but I'm, I, I should have lost that game at mm. like level three. Cause he uses the analogy for the, the basketball technique. Again, think about basketball is not a good analogy. It's not for league. Yeah. It's not. Well, he, he does say though, in terms of he, like, let's say the first like 15, 20 shots, let's say he's like really focused on his technique. Like he's yep. posture his yep. thing. Yeah. And then after he's just throwing in shots, like, right. That's like intense. Like, do you really want to get better at basketball? Like, I feel like that's like an intensity yeah, thing. You know, it's like, like, I know what you mean. Like, you know, if imagining like Kobe Bryant, like he's just he every shot he's sweating. Like everything's, you know. I want to I want to give you a story here. So let's hear a story done with Curtis. I um, I was trying to get better at Ari, and then I sent a vod to Six Ten because Six Ten is quite good at Ari. I said, Six Ten, can you take a look at this, right? And he said something so profound, and it was like it was an Ari versus Diana matchup. And I said, so he said, what could I have done better levels one to... It was like my levels one to four, right? And he said, Curtis, you're not really trying to avoid like avoid the cue. Like you're not really thinking mm. about... It. Like it's not important Dyna to... Dyna Yeah, the Dyna cue. Like it's not your... Like you're not trying to make it hard for her to hit you. Like it's kind of there, kind of, but it's not really... Like it's not important enough to me. And, and, and sometimes it's the simple things like that that put it in perspective. He's, he's spot on. 
I wasn't really. You're aware of it, but you weren't really. The I wasn't like really aware of it. Like if I if I really would have put attention towards it, I could do that. And if I dodge those first three Dyna cues, my lane's fine. But I get hit by every cue. He's like, you're not really trying to dodge it. You know, you're like kind of, but you're not. And I think you're spot on when you really want to get better at something. You can make it happen. You can make it happen. You'll care about it. But a lot of people don't. And it's like it's like deaths. If you really value your life, if you understand how bad it is, you're going to look at that goddamn minimap. I guarantee you. Yes, you will. You'll you're going to look out. at it. I'm going to do whatever I can in my power to not die in this game. Yep, you're going to do it. But it's easier said than done, right? That's, That's going right. to take a lot of your mental stuff. There's so much information to, that goes into making sure you're not dying and That's making right. sure you're still you know, winning the game. Yep. All right, next one here is from James. The title of this email is The Quality of a VOD and Protecting Ego. Hey, guys, my name is Shots, a new member of the MLA. Congratulations on 100. Unfortunately, I'm in EU, so I have to catch the VOD, but I hope you have a great stream. So a little bit of context before my question. Mm -hmm. During lockdown last year, my girlfriend, who was an extremely skilled classical musician, started having her classes online. Because of issues with lag, they would bring recordings of themselves to class and her teacher and the other students would go over the recordings. She would often do multiple takes until she had a perfect recording. I asked her about, because I assumed she didn't want to potentially embarrass herself, you know, protecting her ego. She told me that wasn't the reason. She tried to get a perfect recording and she actually did it because she didn't want the class spending time going over mistakes that she herself could recognize. Does that make sense? Yeah. So she wanted a perfect recording for a teacher because she doesn't want to waste people's time with the mistakes that she's making. Yeah, but I've got stuff to yeah, say about that. We'll come back to that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if this is applicable to our own VODs. I personally think that Lee has too many variables and I think that this is only really applicable to very high ELO as well as gold platinum players. Might be aware of a mistake they might lack, the ability to solve it. They may also repeat mistakes without fixing them even though they frequently notice it. I'm interested in hearing your own takes and what you think are the best kind of VODs. I also thought it was cool how similar your review sessions are to a world-class music teacher. Love the BBC and the MLA. Uh, once again, have a great stream. Yeah. So I don't want to touch on the first bit here, okay. right? So this is his girlfriend who's a musician and she has a she wants to get the perfect recordings before sending into the class. Yeah. Like, I, I think the first thing is that even if you can spot an error, doesn't necessarily mean you know how to fix it. Mm. You might, like, when you come to review sessions as well, sometimes we'll give you a different perspective to think about yeah, the mistake or, yeah. or ways we've dealt with that mistake or other players even in their Or why or it's happening mm. and, and, and what the cause of that problem is and how that might be altering your games and how that could be tying on to something deeper. Like, it, it's like, I know, like, if, for example, we refer to this, this problem all the time, right? It's like, when I, I went to that slump ages ago, and then I said, Nathan, I need your help. And then you're like, Curtis, you're dying to level three gangs. I knew I was dying. Mm. But I didn't really know what was really happening until someone objectively, or you in this case, objectively saw what was happening and gave me what I needed to hear. So this is why I always say, give me just a random, like an average one. It doesn't have to be anything special. Just give me an average one. We're going to get something from it. Mm. And um, you're looking for a unicorn, you know, looking for this amazing review that's going to solve every problem. No, I mean, no no one VOD is ever going to be perfect. Like, there's value in every VOD no matter what it is. But I have found, by the way, that people love to cherry pick VODs. Yes. I mean, I get this problem all the time. Yes. People, I had a, like, I've, I've, I had one this morning mm. where 
He's in gold three, and he sent me this vod that was basically perfect. Hmm. I mean, there's no way. I said, you're either bullshitting me here, <laughs> telling me something that I don't know, or you're not plateaued at all, and you're just steamrolling up, hmm. or or you just picked the best game. I don't know. You know, it, yeah. I feel like people are just protecting their ego. They don't want to get yes. exposed. That's what the Tyler's email is, protecting ego. Yeah. They want to show like their perfection, you know, versus that. Again, I have the, I have, I have opposite ends of those students. I have the students that will, they're, they're very nitpicky and they're very strategic in sending those reviews because they don't want me to like, they want to protect their ego. They don't want me to tell them all their mistakes because they can't really accept the reality of their rank. Um, and then I have the opposite where, where sometimes we go too far on the extreme that I saw, so I talk Alex, it's just the shit just like just basic mistakes, just, just disaster. And, uh, then he's losing so much confidence. He's like, dude, what are you doing, Alex? Like these are basic level yeah. mistakes, you know? So I find I, I, I do have, I'd say, I'd say I do have a lot of middle ground. Uh, usually what that will say is I have some people say it's like, uh, we've lo- reviewed a lot of like really bad basic mistakes. Here's again, that I thought I played really well. Yeah, they're good as well. They're yeah. good to put in there to see how That's we right. can replicate this or what did I do well here? Cause I, it worked, but I don't know if, what I actually did. Mm. Those are good to have every now and then, but yeah, over, I would say the majority of people who do send those really good ones are not doing it for that reason. They're doing it because I don't know. They, yeah. They, they wanna, some don't psychological thing going on there. I had a review with uh, Mahi in the Platinum Session in Soul 2 today. And uh, he said, oh, this game, did I just get really lucky? Um, and no, I was like, it, it, it was good. Because, you know, some games, well, for Diner specifically, let's say you're like full clear, full clear, full clear, right? It, it's, the, it's the decisions that you decide not to take that makes a great Diner game. You know, you don't have alt, so hit your camps. Yep, what to say no to Th- is that's, more important That's actually yes hard to do. Yeah, it's hard. And yeah. people sometimes think they beat themselves up and like, oh, I just got lucky this game. But he, he, so it takes discipline. You didn't get sucked take. in. No. You're efficient with your clears. You're confident in your gameplay. You said how no you to plays, yep. Yep, hundred percent. You didn't listen to pings, and I, what I also say about this is, um, like, I uh, I feel like, um, I feel like sometimes in these reviews when they're like basing mistakes, it's like they think they know. They think they know. Uh, okay, there's a difference between thinking you know something, and like there's a difference. Like, there's levels to knowing, is what I'm saying. Like. Like I've had people that say, "Oh yeah, I know why I did this," but like, they don't really like. There's another level that like sometimes the fundamentals look like they're they're easy to get, but they they're not. You know, they they're really not. There's just, lots of variations. There's variations, yeah. Um, I always think of jungle tracking. Like, uh, you know, sometimes you can. I saw this as a game sense. Like, let's say if someone's clearing pretty slowly, mm. it's like yeah, theoretically, you know, if someone's clearing correctly, they would be here at this time. But because it's like gold platinum they're a little bit slower so you should like be looking at this way right, more yeah. you know stuff like that it's sometimes hard to to uh yeah i had another thought as well i forgot it's all the time i forgot it. i might come back to it later but i had another thought about reviews as well about um people sending shitty quality reviews but i'll get to that later all right it'll pop up randomly yeah, pop up somewhere mid while some midway through a question all right next one here is um more of a success story um a feel-good positive letter. This is called A Love Letter to Broken by Concept. This is from Sandy. Greetings, Coach Curtis and Coach Nathan. Remember, I'm not Coach, I'm Nathan Mott. Curtis's first name's Coach, last name Curtis. The two goats of the League of Legends world. Jeez, that's a big statement. I don't think we're on Tom, Tom Brady level. That's He's a, he's a true goat. Um, I'm Sandy from the MLA. I would like to share my feelings with you guys and what 
is truly an uh, an occasion. Strapping for a big one. It all began on 14th December 2020 when my dearest friend Ark from Soltu asked me, do you remember Coach Curtis? I said, no, who is he? Uh, he embarked upon a journey to introduce me to the world of Broken by Concept, the process, the mentality, and the healthy relationship with the game. He acted as an angel to the gods that were you guys, and I was a mere mortal on the verge of defeat. On a serious note, everything was pretty bad at that time. I had a toxic relationship with my parents, with my friends, most importantly, with myself. I come from a family where abuse is common, mental and physical. I had gone through a lot of stuff when I was young, and it led uh, to me calling myself a loser, just a hopeless guy. Add on top of that, playing 12 games a day, tilting, you know it. But pain plus reflection equals progress. What was the point of so much pain without reflection? That's where the BBC rescued me. How can I even put words to how much you guys did for me and continue to do? The only thing I can say is whatever I do um, in my life, whether I'm acing a test, winning a championship, being happy, it will be because of you guys. That's a big statement. Uh, all of this pain uh, through not only countless hours talking about the BBC mentality with Ark, just being addicted to your videos made me have a positive relationship with my parents, friends, family, and life. Uh, my parents matured as I matured, and I know now understand even uh, they went through shit in life, but if I can help them be happy in any way, I'll do it. I always talk about my college life with Coach Curtis. Now that I'm in MLA, um, it's bloody hard thriving in an extremely competitive environment with zero talent, but hey, that's exactly what process is for, and I will make it. I'm writing this having done well in a test that I would never have thought I would do well in because I worked hard and stuck to the process. Lastly, as far as league goes, making the switch from support to mid was hard, but Curtis made it easy. Uh, BBC got me from bronze hard suck to gold uh, in support. So bronze hard suck support to gold one in mid. And then I decided to switch to mid to improve myself even further. Um, I'm sorry, Coach Curtis, for not jumping in sessions, but I've watched almost all VODs, and I'm excited to meet you again. Um, and then he says, to wrap it up here, from tilt to care, excuses to hard work, Hate to love, fear and chaos to embracing it, results to process, and lastly, iron to challenger. It's amazing, isn't it? That's incredible. I so mean, I think that's just, again, reiterating everything we talk about in the podcast, how yeah, important it is. It's amazing. Do you know Sandy? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, he's an awesome dude. And he's someone that I, I think he you could tell he had this inner competitive drive that he wasn't able to to kind of express. And I think that's why he latched on to this entire thing so well. It's like he finally has an outlet and a way to express what he wanted to really do in his life, you know, and with whether it's with school or and league because he wasn't, you know, in, in traditional sport world. Um, <clears throat> and he's someone that just really, he needed, he needed someone to help him make sense of all the shit that was happening around him. Mm. So, you know, props to him. I think he's doing an amazing job and, um, that inspires us and inspires me to kind of keep on pushing. And That's why we do this podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Those, those messages like that. like that just keep us going. Yeah, I like. So he didn't. He didn't play traditional sports. You're saying? I don't believe no. So he's like pure game. That's why. That's the, the way I envision him. Is he's like a, a like he's a competitor, but he couldn't. Didn't he, find an yeah, outlet. He for didn't it. have an outlet, and then like when he, ha he stumbled across this, is like, oh, this makes so much sense, mm. you know. And that's why I think it had such a positive effect on his life. He. He had kind of like, it reminds me of like he had like the, the engine of the car, but he didn't have all the other things around it. You know, he needed all the other things around it. Interesting. That's actually a good point. I've actually thought of that. I think we've talked about this before, but the importance of uh, 
sport that's really big in Australian culture, us growing up. Like, our parents really encouraged us to do sports. Tim is in America as well, usually. In America, Western but culture. But he, he doesn't come from a, um, a traditional, like, I'm pretty sure his background's Indian. Yeah, okay. I don't know if they, they yeah, I don't think they, from what I gathered, uh, I'm assuming it's not a big, um, sport wasn't something that was important to his family, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I think there's so many lessons. The sport yeah. competition, as we say, that's why it's so powerful to view league as a competition rather than a well, game. Again, sport, when, when your kid, when your parents sign you up to play football, soccer, tennis, they are not they don't give a shit about the skills that you're going to develop No, in terms of like tennis or mm. like a great backhand or a forehand. They care about the, you know, the, the fitness aspect of the things, but also life lessons, you life learn. lessons you learn, like, you know, um, being a good sport, you know, um, accepting loss and defeat, being a good winner. Learning how to learn. Learning how to learn and, and persevere through tough times and, and discipline, rocking up the training. A lot of it is the exact same to league, you know, and a lot, and a lot of people don't want to play a traditional sport like us. We didn't have the, <laughs> the physique to really compete in any, any kind of physical. I was so well, short we did. small. We competed. We just sucked. It sucked. <laughs> but there's not really a competitive outlet. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. well, no one had us, no one guided us in that sense. Yeah. Like in a way, in, at least for us, it was like, you're either gifted mm. or you just, just get the hell out. Yeah. Like, you know, either you have the physique and we can work with you or you don't have the physique and you can't play. Mm. Right. I can't play footy in Australia. Like when I was in high school, even if I just didn't have the bill for it, mm. I'd get crushed. Um, but there was no one guiding us telling, okay, maybe you could work on your physique and stuff. Like there was none of that. We're hoping to fill that void. Right. Mm. Um, for a lot of kids, mm. hopefully. Mm. And, and, a, and a lot of grown, a lot of men as well who maybe missed out on that and they want that competitive outlet now in their 20s or 30s, which is very normal. Competition also, by the way, increases testosterone. Yes. Competing is, is proven. Uh, I was Andrew Huberman podcast talking about competition. There's two things, natural things. <clears throat> competition and lifting both increase testosterone. Love it. So you reckon when we're playing league and we view it as a, you think it's competition? Yeah. Like we're actually hundred percent. If yeah. you, if you really, if you're playing to like with intensity to win, you want to like crush and you're competing, guy. you want to crush someone, dominate yeah. your opponent. That's competition. You're getting the same biology. You're getting the same biological response. You know, the, the, uh, there was like some study. I don't know if this is true about chess, the professional chess players. They burn so many calories just from playing chess. Right. I don't know much about that. Are you sweating? Like when you play league of legends? Yeah, even not, if it's like, not, not that like part. profusely, but <laughs> yeah. like I guess I sweat. Yeah, dude, not like you on the buddy motivational video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the solo motivational video. Not, not like that, but I don't, I'm, I'm like, I remember especially when I was first going into challenger and stuff. Yeah. I was, I, I sweat, dude. I don't know if I maybe like I'm a sweaty person. In, yeah, I don't know. In general, but like I like I think you gotta have a bit of yeah. I'm like sweating dude in games, like especially games where like I have to be like on point. Like after the game, I'm like so on point, like. Every is perfect. Like, you know, those perfect games. Like, like for example, you know that game you played together the other day? Yeah, that was uh, a hard when game. When you played Fizz, Fizz yeah. Mid, right? And I was playing Volleybear. Yeah, that was we, a hard we, game. we popped into each other. We didn't joke you guys. We popped into because we're yeah. challenger. Um, I was sweating up. Like, I couldn't make a single mistake that yeah, game, Curtis. Yeah, I was busting well. my balls. I said after, I was like, I was busting my balls yeah. to win this game. We like, played well in mid-game. Yeah. In mid-game, we made a lot of good plays. A lot of good games. But, like, it was it was rough. Like, that's a game that, like, I'm sweating. Like, I'm probably burning calories. I'll be, I'll be really interested to do a study on that, honestly. Yeah. 
Like I am just sweating, dude. When I play, <laughs> maybe it's just jungle position. Maybe mid lane's just chill. You just like, I'm just gonna oh, yeah. farm up and just like scale up oh, yeah, and like. So chill, isn't it? All right, next question here is from Matt. Uh, he's from Salty and MLA. Um, this title is Emo's coaching style differences. Hi, Curtis and Nathan. My name's Matt, and I exclusively play Diana around Diamond Elo. I've had a bit of experience of both of your coachings due to a small tour I took of Saltu earlier this year at my current residing meal in MLA. Matt betrayed Saltu for oh, MLA. Good on you, Matt. I've noticed different styles in how each of you approach your communities and coaching styles, and I was curious about what you guys thought about it. How would you guys view your own coaching styles? How would you view your own communities? And lastly, do you see these answers change in the future, whether it be something that happens naturally uh, as you grow or be a specific direction you intend to take? Thanks for all the help and guidance that you've given myself and many others. Congrats on episode 100. It's a great question. Me and Ethan talk about it sometimes off camera. Mm. <clears throat> We've never spoke about this on BBC before. I mean, I don't, I don't listen Nathan's uh, yeah. coaching. I mean, I, I I know I think I know your style, right? Like mm. I, I watch your series with um one of your videos with Will, mm. where you're doing like I think higher reviews. Reviews of someone Master yeah, Tier players. Master Tier, yeah. And you're like, you know, you're talking about like you're getting into the details essentially, right? I, I think again, feel free to disagree, but our key difference is that your your style revolves around like the review of the details is the medicine. That's everything. Like if you understand the details and you just constantly hone in on the details, you understand like, do we do this? We do this. This is why we do it. We do it again and again and again. Then um, in your mind, if you keep doing that, that you just create great reputations, attacking these, attacking these problems, like like, fundamentals, you just get better. I I, I definitely agree with that. But I think where we differ is that I'm, I I put an emphasis on, um, on why, and sometimes more the mental side of things and the 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 somewhat like the psychology behind it, purely because I feel like with mid and jungle differing roles, like jungle you have a lot more control over the game. <clears throat> like you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, what it's likely gonna look like. Like it's it, the early game is irreplicable. Whereas in mid, yeah, there's an element of like understanding your matchups. But it depends on how the enemy plays it. Like they can take a different rune setup. They can play it weirdly. Like you, you got to be so adaptable. And I think that there's a lot more mental things that you just got to address. And you got to be very adaptable in mid lane because you don't have something that I do this path every game and I'm doing this every game. You can't have that. I can't. Mm. I can't. I can't say these are my win cons and this is what I'm going to do. Jungle's more structured. Jun- jungle's much more structured and replicable in many aspects. I'm not saying you do the same path every game. I'm not saying that, but it's a lot more. You can have kind of set rules in a way. Like when I when they do that, I do that. This is gankable. This is not gankable. Yeah, that's right. Whereas in mid, it's not like that. I'm at the whim of whatever my jungle does or doesn't decide to do a lot of the time. If my jungle hovers me, I can get this wave. If he doesn't, I can't. I can either die here if my jungle comes. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Like I'm, I'm so. If my jungle goes to Scuttle and needs help or invades, I've got to completely change my game plan and help him. Like, everything is about being adaptable and versatile. So when you say you get more into the why, yeah. you don't want the why of plays in terms e- of everything. why the jungler might be doing this. You have to, like, well, educate both, them about... Both why, yeah. Both why why, why it's playing out like this way and, and reference points and things like that. Like, I talk a lot about reference points, like how your champion um, wants to function. But then sometimes how we need to break the rules because your your team is doing this. Like, but then I also talk about psychological stuff a lot more. Like, 
I get into someone's like every session I do, I'll someone who's new, I'll say, How long have you played the game? Hmm. How long have you made this champion? How long have you been this rank? Tell me about your process. Um, and I, I asked a lot of questions. So you want to get a big picture about their journey. Yeah, because like a lot of the time I found that if I don't do that and I get into the details straight away, I might not realize till 30 minutes in that this guy doesn't even review. Mm. Or this guy, because that changes everything. Or if this guy has played for seven years versus this guy, oh, this is his first rank season. That changes the entire way I process my review. So like I like to understand the client very well well, they're not very, very well, but like I try to have a decent background understanding and then that will cater how I coach that guy. It's not there. The rank is there, but I will coach a guy differently. I already kind of know what I'm working with. If this guy is an, I already know if he's an intuitive You've type You've got player, like sort of like a, I have like a framework a in my framework, mind. Yeah, based like, on this information. If I ask these questions and he answered this particular way, I'm going to coach this way. Like I'll grill this guy more. Like if this guy has played for eight years and it's only just started. You know recording. that there's probably lots of toxic narratives you need to attack. I already know there's yeah. toxic narratives. I know he's going to get tilted to certain things. I know that he's going to he's going to make these sorts of mistakes and why. And and my job is to explain why those happen. So like I would say I go very deep on that stuff. For at least again, I don't want to. I don't watch your coaching all the time, but from what I've seen of yours, yours is very details, detail, details. Because in your mind, I'm assuming that's because they're so replicable that can kind of trump everything else. I mean, am I wrong or what do you, what do you think? Well, it's interesting he thinks that we're so different because I'd say, I mean, our approach, our general coaching philosophy is very similar, obviously. In what like, way? Like in terms of, you know, the, the three block, the review process, the right. importance review, yeah. the end of review process. Does that differ? I've changed my end of review. It's weird. Like I, I'm more end of review. Like it's weird. Like I'm more end of review the high elo I get. Like, like master plus. But even then, actually, like, I used to be very end-of-review focused when I first started doing the MLA. <clears throat> but, you know, what I um what I found going deeper is that I get to understand how this client thinks, how well this guy understands the champ's identity. So you, the game might be done, like, the, this is a mistake that's just 100% idea Well, like, control. if that were my review, but yes, I would end-of-review. yeah. But, but you'll keep going just yeah, to see how are they thinking about this certain situation. Yeah, like what is he like? Is he is he the type of player that just rolls over and dies? Because Nathan, like what I've noticed as a mid laner is that like this is the difference between end, uh, the end of review from a jungle perspective and mid. And this, I've had to change my coaching philosophy based off this. All right, so with mid lane, mid lane incrementally gets more control over the game the That's deeper right. it gets. Yes, whereas jungle it's the other way around. Yeah. So it makes sense to end a review for a jungle at like six minutes or five minutes because after that point, it's like diminishing. Your control over the game is diminishing rapidly. You're just reacting. You're just reacting. It's the other way around for mid. The longer the game goes, the more it's in your control. Most champions that I coach in mid lane don't even come online. That's true. Sometimes for yeah. two items. Yeah. So sure, this could be, for me, it would be an end of review. But for most of the time, I'm going way deeper. I'm going to 25 minutes. Basically, all the time, mm. just to kind of see how are they playing off their spikes. How what when they do get their spikes, what do they do with it? You know, so um, I would say that's a, a big difference. I think that that's the role. role. Difference, I think there's, there's a lot of it's over. largely role. I think Matt might think that we're very different because of role. I feel like if you coach jungle, you'll be doing the same. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Yeah, I really do. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the I, roles are so goddamn different. They're different, like, aren't they? Like it's I, crazy how versatile 
the game is. Like I, I, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday uh, and they were saying um, they they can't play, they just don't play Asians. They can't auto attack. So they play like Evelyn and stuff like right. that. How crazy that the league gives that to some people. It's crazy, isn't it's, it? You have so many options. Yeah, I, I, I always say that, imagine you're playing Diablo. You can be a warrior, a ranger, a mage, an assassin. You can go down any route you want. There's no right or wrong. Mm. You can be a facilitator, a Rome Ranger jam. You can, you can win, kill the Nexus many, many different ways. Mm. I mean, we see it all the time in Master. You see it all. In Master Plus, you get the, 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 these, you get weird players. You get weird players. You get, you get Sona one tricks. You get Lux one tricks. You get Cat one tricks. You get Riven one tricks. You get Evelyn one. You get everything. You get a mixed bag. And then it's you all got possible. You Roams just completely conceding their bot side. You get, you get weird, at least spam, spam gang players. You get, you get a, you get a mixed bag. You can win any other way. And I think when you versus players, like, you just start to realize that, like, there's no one way to win. I mean, it depends on what you find the most enjoyable, you know? So, yeah, I do think, though, most of our differences are largely... A byproduct role. because of the role. Yeah. I think and so that's what I've also noticed. You can do way more reviews than me in two hours. Yeah. Like, if you do... You said you do, like, in a two hour... If you, if, I can do, like, ten in, like, an hour and a half, ten games. I can't do more than, like, at, at max, five. Yeah. But mostly four. Mm-hmm. And I'm going overtime all the time because of that. Very interesting. Right? So yeah, yeah. It's just difference in the role, I would say. All right. Next question here is from uh, Kenneth. The title of this email is an odd schedule. We talk a lot about schedule in the Broken by Concept universe. Yep. Uh, hello, Nathan and Curtis. My AG, IGN is uh, a Beneth and, and I've been binging your podcast during work for the last two months and I've made it to episode 74 so far. He's been on the grind. 74 episodes. It really makes uh, work so much more enjoyable and helps pass time. So thank you for that. You're lifesavers. I've just recently started my ranked climb after having only played the game casually since season one. Uh, it's thanks to you guys that I've completely changed the way I view the game and my relationship with the ranked experience. Uh, I'm currently steadily climbing through gold smurf queue. Uh, don't know how I ended up there whilst following the process that you guys recommended and having a blast. However, I've stumbled into an, a bit of an obstacle. This summer, I'll be working at sea. One week, I'll be on a ship where I'll have about three hours of free time per day, sleeping in a cabin on board and having limited internet accessibility. The other week, I'll be completely free to do whatever I want. I'm a bit nervous about how this will affect my improvement in league. My question to you is therefore, is it sensible to expect improvement in league with such a volatile schedule? Uh, can I maybe get something positive out of this schedule? For now, I've considered bringing a laptop with VODs and LOL Dodge Game installed, but that's about it for when he goes out on sea. Uh, thank you so much for the podcast. Look forward to future content, Bennett. Wait, so what's the schedule like? Is it one? So he has um, one week. He's just out on sea on a ship and he has three hours of free time per day. He can't play. There's no, he has a PC. He can't play League on the ship, right? So it's one week, one how many? And then one week, uh, then the other week he'll be so it's one free. week on, one week, one week, week off. off. Yeah, but he can sort of watch vods and stuff. Yeah, he's three hours yeah. out in the middle of the ocean <laughs> watching League of Legends vods. <laughs> that's a really interesting one, isn't it? So will it affect? That's it. That's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, you, you have to experiment. Right? Yeah, what works. I've never, I've never thought about that or heard that before. Mm. Maybe it'll be really good to like 
get in, you play like really high intensity games for one week, and then you review those games. That's what like I was week. thinking. You like play. You don't you... even need internet. You can just have it all downloaded on yeah, your. Yeah, you download thing. them all, drag and drop. Yeah, all of the vods onto your thing, and you spend that entire week going through all the vods. That could be like the next. Maybe he's like maybe he's cracked the code. Maybe he's cracked the code. Next, next the only problem thing. is that yeah, you don't have. There's only like finishing the learning cycle, like. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're watching VODs the whole week and then you're not executing. That's the only fear I have. <clears throat> but, That's right, yeah. But um, I think I would try that. I mean, start it with that, right? Like get as many games in as possible. I mean, you're still playing blocks, right? Yeah. You're still playing blocks, but spend majority of your time getting as many blocks in as possible and then reviewing. I mean, maybe do just short little reviews, like looking at anything that confuses you, key, like key deaths or something like short two three minute reviews but then doing the bulk proper reviews on the on the boat right yeah <laughs> i tell you uh, well what's really good though i i think the, the the key thing in terms of looking at a lot of your games i actually found this when i was doing my rex eye guide yeah i was finding a lot of trends a lot of trends right over like the 200 games that i never actually thought about Right, interesting. And it was really interesting. I was like, wait, did I think about this in review? I think that if you have a lot of games and you look at over them, I think you can actually really diagnose some key problems with your gameplay. Okay. Yeah. Um, give it a go. I mean, I would try it, right? So do the bulk blocks, do the weaker reviews, make notes as well. What I would recommend though, after that, like you, you do those weaker reviews, like make notes to summarize what you believe the key learnings are. Like what are the trends? Because you really see trends. That's right. And then before you go to that next week, you have them ready to go. You have that sheet of paper, the things that you keep, you've seen. Laser focus, try again. Another week. Report back. Yeah, report back. Let us know. That will be very interesting. All right, next question here is from Woodrow. He's, uh, he's an OG. He's, uh, he's in the um, the BBC Law universe. Yep. He's a main, uh, side character, he, sorry. He was in Australia and then he moved oh, back really? to oh, that's right. somewhere. Europe, right? Europe. All right. Um, Where's the place where IKEA was built? Founded. Finland? Sweden? Sweden. Sweden, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's from Sweden. We're just getting roasted in the YouTube chat right now. Oh, yeah. All right. Um... Title of Woodrow's email is uh, Falling Out of Love with the Game. Hey, Curtis and Nathan, Woodrow here. First, I want to start by congratulating you to 100 amazing episodes. Your podcast has guided me through those days that aren't always as good as the other days. And I'm sure that goes for a lot of other people listening as well. Being here since day one and plan on being here until day 10,000. I wonder how many years that is. That may be a little bit too many years there, Eric. We'll see. Uh, now to the topic of my email to give you a bit of background. I've played Lead Six Season 2 when I was 11 years old. Jeez, how old would he be now? He's, uh, that's, oh, so he's like 20. Oh, 21. He's not that, he's still pretty young. Uh, I always have had shorter periods with other games. League has always been part of my life across those 10 years. I would say that League is also a part of my identity and who I am. It has been with me in my ups and downs through my entire adolescence. The past year or so, I've got this feeling inside me that I'm growing away from the game. Before, I would always make the time to get on league to play either solo queue or with my mates. Now, however, I struggle to make the time to play. And when I do play, I have feelings of ranked anxiety because I feel that I'm not 100% mentally ready for that environment. And that scares me. 
I can with pride say that I've always had a good relationship with the game. I never spam games. I take accountability for my actions in game and I know when and if I should get off the game if my head is not in the right place. But this past year has been tough for me to realize that I don't have the motivation to make the time to play League as much as I used to. I still enjoy the game and have a couple of hundred games played this season, but that feeling of me falling out of love with the game still lingers every time I log on. As you always, guys always say, League is the best game ever created and it has helped shape me into the person I am today. It is also why I have a hard time accepting the fact that one day it won't be part of my life as much or at all. I don't want to stop playing the game, but I realize that I won't always make the time for it in the future. Have you guys had similar feelings about League or anything else in your life for that matter? How did you deal with that feeling of something that uh, you were passionate about just kind of losing its grip on you? Yeah, it was emotional, man. That's emotional. He's losing losing touch with the game. Well, well look, uh, I mean, I think it's perfectly normal based off, you know, <clears throat> if if he's not striving for that, like he's not able to put the time in, like he's not going to get the same amount of satisfaction, will he? Right? Because when you're trying, when you're not trying that hard or something, mm. it's not that fun. No. Look, what I would say, this is what comes, what comes to mind. It might be just bullshit, but set a, a, a goal that you feel is always reasonable. Like a goal that you think is manageable. At least it's a goal. It might, it's definitely not going to be like challenger or something, right? But, Set a goal that you feel is always is doable given the amount of games that you're playing. So it's still like a challenge. It's still in some a way. challenge. It's something like that. It's, it keeps you going. I guess a question is is because hmm. it seems like he wants that competitive outlet. Yeah, right? yeah. But I think you're spot on. It. I'm assuming you're referring to. He needs to ask why he wants to play it. Mm. Because is he just trying to like latch onto like old memory? Like you know, yeah. sometimes sometimes uh, you got to move, move on. Yeah, yeah sometimes you, know, you got to move you, on. Things prioritize if in you, life. If you feel as though you're not getting like enough out of it like you feel like you got what it served a purpose in your life and it it's not the time for you right now it's fine move on mm. if you feel as though it, it literally fits a, like it has a place in your schedule like you know it benefits you it makes you happy or satisfied content in a certain way then yes set a goal that you feel is always manageable it might be d1 d4 master zero op whatever it might be something you feel is manageable and then, and then have that as like your, your reference point, your North Star. But I think that um, for him, he needs to be honest with himself. What purpose is League serving him? You know, what is it? Hmm. And then go from there. And I don't think there's anything sad about moving on from League. It's kind of like we all had great memories doing many other things, right? Like playing a particular game or hanging out with a particular group of friends or whatever it might be. Things change, mm. you know? There's going to be another thing that will fill the void. Is there anything that you've been a fan of or something that you, like, regret not being one now? Like, of, uh, something. of something? Or, like, you did an activity? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I wish I I, I, I... I regret giving up. Yeah. Yeah, two things. I regret stopping skateboarding. Mm. And I regret giving up guitar. Interesting. Those are both things I regret. Well, at the time, it was weird, though, because the skateboarding thing, it's kind of like, I, I think what it really was, if I'm honest with myself, is that I was capped and I didn't have anyone to help me. Got it. And I was scared of going to the next level. Like, I needed someone to, like, push me. Because skateboarding is one of those things where it's like, 
you just have painful experiences. But if you don't have belief that you're going to get better, you just have pain and fear with no, there's no, I couldn't trick myself that I thought I was going to get better. Like I felt like it was talent. I genuinely thought skateboarding was talent. Mm. I, Cause I had the most fixed mindset ever growing yeah. up. You're either Tony Hawk or you're not. Yeah. Like you either could do it or you can't. Um, when it came to guitar, I think it was just, I think, I don't know. I think it was just gaming took over. Yeah. You know, it was just you gaming just was more important. It. Yeah. But I do, re I think I could have done both. I could have mm. done both because I wasn't, I was doing so well, so good. Mm. But I, 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 all I had to do was like 20 minutes a night. I could have easily done that. Mm. But, you know, you don't know that stuff. I'm trying to think for me, like, I mean, obviously I had, in terms of the gaming times, like World of Warcraft was a huge part of my life. But, you know, I just moved on. Like, you know, League was just better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's just more competitive. It's just better competitive game. Uh, I was a huge fan of AFL, but like I was a passionate AFL fan back when I was a young kid. But again, you move on. Like move on. it's, you know, now I have other like form. I love Formula One now. It's awesome, you know? Yeah, but those are things that you filled the void with. I, I never filled the void of what I gave up. Yeah. Like there's nothing that skateboard, there's nothing, no, nothing that skateboarding gave me. Nothing I, I replaced skateboarding with that gave Got me it. what skateboarding gave me. Mm. There's nothing that I replaced guitar with that, you know, it's just different things that I wish I didn't give up, you know? I mean, in terms of league, I mean, I, this just, dude, I, maybe, maybe it's the nature of our work. We just want to keep pushing, but I literally, every time I play, I feel like a, of a child. Like, I'm just so excited to queue up. I'm so excited to display my skill on the riff. Like, I, I'm still, I'm pushing for rank one challenger. You know, I'm running 26 now. I'm, I'm seeing it. It's getting closer. Like, I haven't been top 10 in years, you know? And it's crazy because I've been playing the game for like 11 years. And like, I'm just not having, I'm having, I said this, I think I said this last year. So I'm just, I'm having so much fun in the game. We have more fun in a way. It's so much the, fun. The better dude. you get in the game, the more fun you have. But I feel as though. It's like, like losing love with no, the game. No, but I feel as though we, we don't. I feel as though for the sake of this argument, like you need to remove us from it. Yeah. Because we're biased. Like we are biased. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we do it for a living. So yeah. like, it's like, no one, even if we said it, why would they believe us? That's you right. Know? So like, I feel like we have to remove ourselves from this argument. It's sort of like Juro making sushi, right? Like he's just that easy. Like as Woodrow says, it's his identity. It's our identity. It's our so identity. We just love to do it. I feel like sometimes it actually does feel like I'm stuck with League. Yeah, it does. In a way, if I'm like being brutally honest, yeah. like this is like the path that my life took me down. You can't just be an engineer now. Well, like I, I feel like I'm so deep down the rabbit hole of League. Like I, like it feels like my life mission is to be the best mid lane coach of all time. Mm. Like I have no alternative. It's like, I've gone this far. Like everything in my life has constantly pushed me back into league. <laughs> yeah. just go, I just got to listen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, like every right. time I've, I've like escaped league. Yeah. League has always had a way to bring it back into my life. Mm. Like that I, probably means something. It means something, something to me. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I have to listen. I have mm. to listen. Like there's been, I would say three times, three. If we actually go back in time. First one, I never wanted to play pro. Really? Until you kind of I said, dragged you, into you dragged it. me into it. I just wanted to be a high level solo player. Mm. I didn't give a shit about competitive. You said, Curtis, come do this with me. I said, all right, all right fine. I'll have a crack. Have a crack. <laughs> See where we're going. I didn't want to, I quit league and I didn't want to be a coach. Mm. You dragged me back, say, Curtis, come back and be a coach. <laughs> I fine. Did, didn't I? 
You drive me back yeah, in. It's all my fault. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and the then one. the third one. Yeah. We left Iwolves. Mm. I could have easily again mm. just went a different path, mm. but it felt right to go down that path again and do the lead coaching. So there's three times in That's my life crazy where I've I could have easily true, gone a yeah. different way. Yeah. Many times I had all the alternatives, but I just for whatever reason the way the world the way that the, the story kind of unfolded was that league was meant to be for me so i've kind of bought i bought into that narrative now i'm going you you're know i'm sending in. it you know yeah. it's your identity you're, that's yeah. my identity I'm so, i've done it for so many years now that i can't imagine my life without mm. league mm. in a way mm. i mean you, you're getting your challenge every season like that's your that's my identity yeah <laughs> that's right yeah. You, you're but i said i, I like yeah, getting challenged was so important to me that like not like i would give up anything yeah you like not spend a week like a two weeks with your girlfriend or, or you're oh, like no nah, if it's in the season of course <laughs> <laughs> you're months man months you go months without yeah. talking to her of course i mean no offense to vivian but uh you know challenges it's my identity i yeah. have to yeah you know that's interesting yeah it's so interesting because for my league i i was i was pushed away from league not to my choice because I had to manage dials. Yeah. I had yeah. to build dials. Yeah. So that's at the stint when I didn't play for like three years, you know, so, you know, I had to like manage a team and talk with small. I didn't play the game for like two straight years, right? And um, yeah, that wasn't my choice. Yeah. That's interesting, right? Yeah, I, I was just desperate to come back to the game. <laughs> and then I, that's when we left dials. And... It's interesting. So. Yeah, there's a lot for him to ponder. Mm. I think that the answer really to that question is you need to... You need, to, you need to really like question what what purpose does leagues have for you? Is it a competitive outlet? What is it? And then go from there. And so you might have to move on. All right, so we're doing. Let's do about two more questions. Is that fine? You think we got so many questions coming in here? How are we going, producer Charles? Yeah. Okay, yeah, right, we yeah, probably want to cut it off around two hours. Two? So let's do uh, let's do two more questions because we'll, do, we'll, we'll put in some extra energy for the for the, oh, uh, for, the for episode one hundred. You know, let's let's put in the effort. Okay. But we'll we'll just do. We'll, I mean, we got the questions here, guys. If you wrote your question in, we'll or we do. Or what if we do one more question and we enter the chat? Okay, all right, we'll do one more question. One more then question, we'll, we'll, then we'll, we'll interact with the YouTube chat. chat. Yeah. All right. How many people got in the chat? Because don't look at the numbers. You're not meant to look at your results or anything. Okay. All right. Uh, this question is from Drew. The title of this email is Process with Off Meta Champs. Hello, Nathan and Curtis. My name is Drew, and I'm a longtime listener from Canada uh, and have listened to every episode the week it comes out since number one. Holy moly. So Drew is hardcore BBCR. I'm currently studying engineering physics in uni, and I've been playing league since mid-season 10. Currently in gold. My question is, do you guys get any players looking for coaching who are playing obscure champs? And how do you deal with them as you've probably not played the champ yourself? By this, I mean champs like Aurelian Soul over matchups that are normally played in a different role, such as Darius or Sion Jungle, or for me, Talia Mid. Um, more specifically, uh, more about me specifically in Talia below. Uh, I myself have a lot more fun playing when I'm playing these sorts of picks and trying to improve on them, doing things like trying how different items and runes feel as well as changing the pace as I play at. I played jungle last season and my most played champ was Talia. I've since determined that the jungle role is too taxing on my mental health. So decided to stop swapping to mid this season <laughs> during part of Curtis's content. <laughs> 
For the past few months, I was playing Talia in mid and having a lot of fun and wanted to commit to maining her for the rest of the season as I like mages, but also like early game strengths for skirmishes and the ability to roam. Uh, as a side note, I'd love to know both of your opinions on the new Talia. I've been able to play many games with her, um, but I think she's stronger in mid lane. Um, all right, here we go, Kota. So let's do the first question. Off roll. Off roll. I mean, off Coaching meta. off meta champs. <clears throat> off meta champs. Well, I mean, Talia is not really off meta. I mean, it's, it's an old school mid laner. That's it's always been around been. for a long time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other more off meta champs. The first question I always say is, are you going to commit to this? Yes. Like, if you're going to commit to it, I'm going to help you on your journey and I'll, and I'll do the research necessary to make it work. Like, I have had, I had one, uh, I, I think I had two people that played like Kindred mid. And like, you know, at the start, I'm like, oh, here we go. It's just like another bullshit pick that it's going to drop. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But they're really serious about it. So like a lot of their sessions, we started like getting into the details. Like, let's figure it out together. Problem solved. Let's problem solve. I don't okay? have the answers, but let's I don't have the out. answers. This is not a, This is not even, I didn't even know it was a mid pick. Mm. So let's figure out what the identity is and we'll get into the questions, look at VODs and figure out, okay, what does this champ like to do? What are his strengths and weaknesses? Let's figure out a game plan together and then we can kind of work on that, like like a, like a working progress. Others that I say, let's say in general though, if there's a champ that I don't know well, I will just research it. Like I remember uh, with Yasuo, I had a lot of Yasuo clients and I didn't feel confident in my coaching of Yasuo. So I just watched a shit ton of PC Zhang and a shit ton of like Yasuo players and just started to really understand what is it that like a Yasuo player wants? Like what is a Yasuo player looking for? What, what's their mindset like? How do they... What do they do in the early lane? How do they decide between getting Raptors and Wave? Or when do they shove? When should they shove? What do they do in mid-game? When do they group split? I, I just got detailed on it. I just, what VODs? What's your shit on VODs? And um, I'll just do the research, put in the work. But that's only if I feel as though I don't know how to do it well, don't know it well, or it's an off-meta pick that I, like they're committing to. Yeah, that's it for me. For the first part, anyway. Uh, I had an example of a Ramus Ignite player. Um, and jungle, I think would be a lot different to mid lane. I feel because all the jungle fundamentals do like applies to like all champs, like a counter gank can work on any champ because you have the yeah. minion wave. You can, even if you're weaker, you can win through because it's the minion wave counter yeah. champion, right? So even the champion strength actually still applies to the jungle fundamentals in a way. But in a way that you would still have to figure out what the champ's identity is, right? Yeah. So like whether you want to like full clear or so like I'll have to figure out some jungle path in potentially. Um, like what's the best like optimal path? Like I think for the Ramus play, we just realized, okay, you know, we obviously want to get three camps, do Red Krugs Raptors because that side's really good to clear yeah. on Ramus because you're at AOE. Yeah. You'd take forever to take Wolves and Gromp, right? Um, and I, I was really surprised. Like he would like do the kill threat on a Ramus with Ignite level three is insane. Like he's like the, one of the strongest early game champs. And I had to like adjust. Mm. Like I, I basically, I, when I when I went into it, I was really open-minded. I was like, okay, this is interesting. I haven't seen this before, but how does it work? Yeah. And then once I work, work, okay, then I realized, okay, it's strong early game. So if it's strong early game, these are the factors as a jungler yeah, yeah, type we, thing. You like it, it always criteria. feels like it's like plug and play. It's like once we understand the identity of the champ and what his strengths and weaknesses are, you can are, relate it to something then else. Then we can relate it to other champs we do understand. Let's say like a Rallian Soul as a Roaming champ. How many other Roaming champs Yeah, there's there? a lot of them. Yeah, like mm. once you understand, most kits really aren't that complicated as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I might not know the minute details of the matchups and that's something we'll have to figure out, but like... Yeah, because you have matchups. Yeah. In jungle, we don't really have, like, matchups yeah. aren't really a But thing. a lot of the time, we can break it down. We can figure yeah. it out. We can figure it out. 
Uh, I've never really had like I don't actually think I've had like some crazy weird pick. Like I, I had a Scion jungle player, but he didn't last in Soul Two very long. <laughs> 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 Maybe that was because I scared him off because I'm like, oh, don't know about this one. Uh, but uh, yeah, a uh, jungle's jungle's just jungle, man. Honestly. Like, so what was the second part of the question? The second like part Talia. of the question was uh, what's your opinion on the new Talia? It's really good. I think in mid lane specifically, it has way so more wave clear. It's so my perspective of it so far. Correct me if I'm wrong. They've moved her away from strong early to like more of a scaling champ. Well, that's what they say, but <clears throat> my experience versing it, it's early laning. Like, it's really good at using offense as defense. Like, in the past, I used to be able to shit on Talia mid. Mm. I don't shit on Talia mid as much anymore. Mm. Not because it kills me, but because like it it can just minimize really effectively. Yeah, yeah. So then that's moving into the realm of champs like Vega. Yeah, it is like a Vigar in some sense with, with in early lane, like I don't again, know. Again, like scaling champs because again in the oh, jungle, I feel like it's not. I, I need to verse it more, but my limited. I've, I think I've versed it like three times, mm. and the 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 uh, the <clears throat> what's it called? The the uh, worked ground Q is really good. Like you know how like it does like the big, it's like a big rock and it slows. That's right. Yeah, that thing is really really yeah. good. And, and so before what you would, you would be able to do is kind of like stand outside the wave and make Talia make a choice between you and the wave. But now if you stand outside the wave, Talia will use that like big Q on you and then slow you. And the slow allows her to land the W and the E. Land the abilities, yeah. So it's kind of scary. So I, I think she's just better everywhere, really, to be yeah. honest. I think she's better yeah. early laning and better late game. Well, he said here he thinks that um, he liked her better before the rework. Uh, he feels like he's playing Rise or Nivea now rather than a mage version of Talon Katarina. Yeah, the, the roams, yeah, the room speed has got lowered a lot. Mm. It's less roam oriented. I would say it's still roam oriented, right? With the ult. I mean, obviously, but it's like not as strong as that. That's what I thought the identity I, of the I, champ I, was. I, I think it's better now, though. I think it I, should be a mid laner. I hate it as a jungler. No, but I, I think what it is now makes more sense because now it has more lane strength. Yes. So it can roam independently rather than like struggling to get prior to roam i actually like it like it was before more like a talent now it's more like a it's kind of like a, a it's a combination of a talent and like a like a predator vigar or something something like that mm. it's good though yeah i think it's uh i love playing with it on my team i was playing with kisei he was playing it and we were dominating yeah. man it was fun it's good it's good <laughs> it was good all but right you want to get to the... Uh... So, uh, well, we won't put the YouTube chat in the... We'll, like, cut the audio version of the podcast, right? This will be an exclusive 100 episodes. We'll end the podcast officially. You reckon here? Yeah. Why? Because it will just be for the Spotify <coughs> and the Apple podcast, right? Oh, you do you, Nathan. Okay, so we'll... Uh, any comments? Any final comments for the, the, for the listeners? Spotify listeners? Yeah. Um, episode 100. We episode got, 100. We've got plenty more to go. Uh, well, yeah, we'll set up a PO box eventually to yeah. get stuff sent in. And um, check out the, if you're listening, check it out just to see the new The space. Champion Mastery Studio. We're going to need some We're not names. on the casting couch anymore. No, the couch is gone. We got some very comfortable chairs now. Yep. Curtis says he's going to fall asleep in these, so we might be falling asleep in later podcasts because yep. what I say is just boring jungle yep. stuff. Good work, everyone. As I always say, let's keep on improving and we'll see you next time.